It's the NBA Rewatchables, NBA Rewind, maybe Rewatchables. That's kind of trademarked. But regardless, it's our first edition, the 2013 NBA Finals, Game 6. Let's throw it back, and that's next. Brought to you by the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network with new episodes of Card Subject to Change every Sunday. Uh, we will be, uh, they have another episode coming out on Sunday again. Nick, CZ, the boys, all bringing all the action. They're even going to bring my dumbass on there in a couple weeks after Forbidden Door. Can't wait for it. Also, episodes of the Educated Ignorance Podcast. Uh, we're kind of just rolling, we're, we're, we're figuring life out as we go. We're in the summer. The other night, uh, if you haven't checked it out, uh, Monday night, uh, I did about an hour on the Nuggets championship win. I thought it was the best hour I've done by myself because it was a lot of it was just fun to rattle off uh, a bunch of historical context, comparing Jokic where he is now in history, in history, this Nuggets team and all of the great performance performers they had. It was fun. It was an absolute joy. Uh, so that was great. And, uh, you can catch that on wherever you listen to your, uh, podcasts, or you can catch it now. It'll be archived on YouTube. We are doing these shows now live on there as well. Uh, coming up in the summer, we're going to do much more things like this, which we'll talk about here in a second, as well as, uh, NFL and college football season ro- rolling in, um, uh, Nick and Mac and myself were talking the other day. We're, we're definitely going to try to run back the top 50 players in college football, uh, list again. We'll probably do a huge college football preview sometime in like August. Um, NFL over unders, uh, NBA free agency coming up, and if there's any big trades, there will be you know huge reactions to that throughout the entire off season. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to all of our feeds for all of that information. And of course, once we get into the regular season, three times a week we will be doing our Sunday night live show with myself and Nick Brinks. We will do our Monday night show, which will have the Monday night game reaction as well as the Elite Eight. And, of course, our Thursday or Wednesday show, the Sinister Six. Up in the air on how we're going to do that this year. Last year, it was great to have people with us. But I think Nick might, you know, just some some possible uh, stuff we're going to have to get through with who can be available to do what. So we're going to try to figure that out as we can. But regardless, all those things are going to be coming during football season. But for now. Let's get into today. It's the 2013 NBA Finals uh, Rewind. Ten years to the day almost. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I would say. So we're like ten years in two weeks. Uh, one of the greatest games in NBA history happened. It was game six of the NBA Finals. We we're going to talk about that. We we're going to talk about that season as a whole. It is our first NBA Rewind. We'll have Danny here in a second with us as well. It's going to be a doozy. Can't wait for this. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. And we've got a couple of these kind of in the in the chamber that we're going to be shooting out that we have ideas for, so I'm hyped. So Danny's going to come in a second. We're going to uh, break all of it down, sit back and relax on this beautiful Friday night. Let's have some fun, and let's talk some old-school basketball.
You're listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. Oh yeah, this is this is long overdue, partner. It is our first NBA Rewind, our rewatchables, and it is the 2013 NBA Finals Game Six. Uh, I'm excited for this, and of course, you might want to hold this partner, bringing the man in himself. Obviously, this is your boy Joe's show, and the man Dan P- Danny Peel. How we doing, everybody? How it's, we living? It's not drunk, Danny, but it's like drink. It's on the verge of drunk, Danny. Yeah, I'm gonna try to finish this six pack of Monaco's. You're the John. You're the Joe House to my Bill Simmons. Uh, so like, Simmons has drunk house. The funny part is you cracking it while I'm speaking. No, that's the funny part. It's not. You're whatever. There you go. I'm the comedic relief. Uh, cheers. The so drunk, not drunk, Danny, but drinking, Danny. The official beer of Jimmy Butler. Pour one out for him. All right. Uh, this is our first NBA rewatch. Danny's with us. This is going to be a doozy. Um, the game we're going to go into the most is game six of the NBA finals in 2013. But kind of in, in these uh, in, in these videos, when we end up doing them, which we've got a few of them planned, or at least ideas, we want to do a few of them. This is something I wanted to do last year, but we just did. I didn't really have the format and the ability to do it. But now we've got a, a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, you know possibility of it. Uh, it's going to be kind of a look back on the season, look back on the series, what made them so historic. So tonight, I thought there's no better way really to start than this one because I think, Danny, this is – it's a historic uh, game that, and, that we watched in full. It's a historic series. It's a historic season. Uh, with two of the better teams we've seen in our lifetime, I would say the biggest thing is we beat Bill Simmons to the punch. Yeah, I didn't want to do a, sh- I did not want to do a show or a game that, uh, um, uh, and uh, you know, I-, I did not want to 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 do a game that had already been done because we are kind of ripping off Bill Simmons on this one, kind of, but that's okay. A lot of it. The the only other game that is, if you're going to do a first, the only other real game that you could do is the is games uh, seven Cavs Warriors. That'd be a good one, too. But I think personally, did they already do that one, though? They did that. OK, personally, we made the right choice. Then personally, from a game full, you know, actually great basketball played, I think from start to finish, I think this game's better. Game six of the 2013 finals game seven. Obviously, Game 7s in general are a mess. But for a closeout finals game, I thought this game was pretty clean and pretty fluid. But obviously, that was just the talent, especially the Spurs. Hard for them to play a bad game. Yeah. I mean, basketball was so different back then that we're going to get into. But it was just so aesthetically pleasing to watch. That that it was. It was aesthetically pleasing. I thought the game was played well. The atmosphere was great. Um, it felt like a Game 7, even though it was Game 6. Yeah, and some could say Game 7 might actually be a better game because it's back and forth the entire time. This one had a couple monumental lap gaffes from both teams. Uh, the, the Heat have a horrific middle of the game, uh, and then they roar back, and the Spurs, the thing that makes this weird but iconic is this classifies as a candidate for a first-class gag job by the team that 
might be the only black mark on the re- on the resume of this group over a 15 year stretch. I'm gonna say for decades almost. A decade and a half from 1999 to 2014. You could say to 20 if you want to extend it to 2017 when Kawhi like like or 2018 when Kawhi or 2017 the, when they got to the conference finals the year Kawhi probably should have won MVP. Um but they gave it to Triple Double Man. If you want to extend it to that, that's 18 years. This is the only black mark on the resume. That not not finishing the job in this series, especially the last thirty seconds of that game. Yeah, about about we'll that. We'll get into that later. Yeah, that that's that's a uh, that's kind of it. The final thirty five seconds. Yes, that is the one thing, the one black mark, as you like to say. It's a, it kind of it really it ruin it, it doesn't ruin much because this team in this coat the Spurs, but it mucked it up a little bit. It does because we're going to get into some interesting stuff. I have some takes and some interesting points of view. I already know what you're going to go to. Uh, I'm excited for it. So I don't know why they did that either. Oh, that's going to be one of them. That's yeah. like a huge portion of it when we get to the end of the game. So we're going to go through some stuff and and whatnot. Um, overall, I just let, let I want to try to th- take us back to 2013. Do you remember what I mean? I know you do, but what were you? Do, how did you watch this game? And and then what do you remember most about this series back in 2013? Uh, I think I watched it at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I don't know. You know more where I'm at than I do most of the time. I wasn't with you, but I know who you were with. Yeah. Yeah. Thou shall not be damned. No. No. The. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, sorry. Right. I can bask in it. I get it. Yeah, shout out, shout out, dog. Shout out to him. Uh, so, uh, let me see this. What, um, What's crazy is I was okay. dumber in 2013 than I am now. You think so? Absolutely. I mean, that's the that's that's how it's that's supposed kind of, to. That's kind of how life plays. Yeah. Out. Why are you like celebrating that? I'm just saying. Like, I learned a lot since then. <laughs> I would hope. If you learn nothing from then to now, we're fucked. In 2013, I was still – I would have been a junior. Yeah, I was in – I was going in – it was right after I graduated. Right. I was in uh, – I was at a youth church camp thingy, and I watched the game on a guy's cell phone. It was lit. Living in Twitter like I did back then. What do you mean back then? In 2013. Not as I mean, I almost lived in it more than I do now because I was tweet. I tweeted way more back in high school and like college than I do now. I just kind of scroll through it and I reply to some people's shit. But I tweeted way more then than I do now. It's probably good. This is an all time old school Twitter, and I know it's old. Old school is because I guess Twitter began really popping off in like 20, 2010, 2011. This is an early at like this is the for Twitter. This is like the nineteen eighty draft. When or 1979 draft when Magic gets and Bird officially come into the league. This is an epic Twitter night. Um, LeBron's headband became an account like a half a minute after he his it got knocked off. Uh, he never bothered to put it back on. He never did. And it, it, this is just a legendary Twitter night. But this game as a whole, uh, what do you remember most about? Do you remember anything most uh, about the series? Obviously, the, you could tell the people this Spurs team was one of. I mean, this is like the team of your childhood. You're not a Spurs fan, but you are a guy who, you know. I really appreciated watching them play ball. Everything but a Spurs fan, really. Well, I feel like if you're a fan, you can only have one team like that. So I'd just rather kind of spread the love everywhere and be a fan of everybody. Exactly. That's how you operate. But I loved watching these Spurs play ball, man. They were so fun to watch, and they really emphasized ball movement. 
talk about what that you liked the most about him and talk about this team, some of the player, the uh, favorite players on this team for you, because there's guys in that we're going to get to for the Spurs that get lost to history at time. Uh, but I do believe that um, watching this, it felt like they've aged well watching this game. And it's also like, oh, wow, some of these guys could definitely thrive in today's game, too. Yeah, I really like every player on that team individually. Tony Parker, Mono, Kawhi. Kawhi, my guy, especially. For those of you who don't know, I was on the Kawhi train before it was a train. He was the official Kawhi Leonard guy. Yep. And then I said he was one, get, one day going to be the best player in the league. And then, you know, he had that Toronto's Raptors run. And he might he might have proved me right, depending on where you stand on that side of the fence. But uh, I love watching them play. I love the ball movement that they had. They kind of emphasized three-point shooting for that era. The Heat, too, as well. And it was such a good series to watch. But I was pulling I was pulling them from my Spurs. Though I did like that Heat team. But, you know, they were just too favored to win. And they were too OP. Yeah, that they were OP. Um, this is almost, in a way, which we're, we're going to get into, the beginning of the end for them. Because... This team obviously was dominant, and we're going to talk about the season here in a moment. Um, what in the – oh, my God. What's that? The, Nicole bought that for me. I think I've I think I seen that. That's amazing. I hope it fits. I'll rock that. I'll rock that on my birthday. Like, I was going to say it's going to be – unzipped. That's going to be your birthday, and too, I'm just going to be gone. That's, a, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh anywho you should do a podcast with that with that on yeah. absolutely i'll have it uh uh i'll i want to get to the point where i treat it like a fire suit where i get so drunk i like take it off and i like tie the, the sleeves around my waist there you go <laughs> oh my god we'll draw you some chest hair yeah absolutely anywho uh this heat team this is we're gonna talk about it this is kind of the beginning of the end for them but obviously, you know, 2011, this team comes together. Talk about the only black mark on a resume, 2011 for LeBron. Um, if he makes any play in the worst game for him was game five, the eight points. Uh, if he makes any play in that game, it negates a terrible series and they probably win the title. But it was also the crowning achievement for Dirk. In 2012, they... Uh, you know, I, I think the great, the one of the the greatest, and it's the most important game of LeBron's career. Game six in Boston, down three two, 45, uh, 15 and five, the thirty points in the first half. What he shot like eighty percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't miss. Um, and then they beat the Celtics in game seven. They go on to beat the Thunder in five, and then coming into this season, they're dominant. Which let's lead us to the legacy of the 2012-2013 season. Going into the year, we we go we were off the back of the 2012 season and the 2012 finals. Uh, everyone is looking at this Thunder team like, holy shit, these guys are young. The, the, the Heat got them in five, but they were ahead of schedule. Exactly, and they had three of the top, probably at the time, 15 best players in the league. And got obviously three guys who would eventually become MVPs. You said three of the top fifteen at the time, probably. I wouldn't say Harden was on that top fifteen. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But Russell and Durant definitely were right. And Harden was, you know, in that stratosphere. At worst, he's in the top thirty or forty. I give you thirty, but I don't think he was top fifteen because he was really good for them. He right. played bad in the finals, though. But uh, he was really good for them back when he played defense. <sighs> yeah, and. 
he the biggest story of the season was the trade they made right before the season started but that wasn't even the biggest one of the, that wasn't even the only big trade um a couple big things that happened in the offseason as well was the end of Dwight Howard in Orlando he wanted out Stan Van Gundy uh, and, and him, it, it, they could not coexist. Did Harden have Dwight in his first year in Houston? Uh, or did he have one year without him? One year without him. Yeah, okay. Because That's Dwight Howard got traded here to the Lakers right. in the offseason. The first big move of the offseason in 2012 was the Lakers traded for Steve Nash. The Heat then signed Ray Allen, which is important. We'll get to that later. The Hawks traded Joe Johnson to Brooklyn. Iso Joe. Remember when the Nets were cool for like 10 minutes? Uh-huh. Darren Williams. And Iso Joe was the highest paid player. In the league, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a that, that was a moment in time. Um, and then there the crazy, a crazy ass 14 trade, which ultimately gets Dwight to the Lakers, but these are some big names. I went back and look at it. So the Nuggets are all right. So the Magic got rid of Dwight. Dwight goes to the Lakers. The 76ers are in this t- deal. We'll explain in a moment they get Andrew Bynum and Jason Richardson J- uh Bynum from the Lakers Jason Richardson from the Magic the Magic get Aaron Aflalo Al Harrington Mo Harkless and Nick Vucevic three of those four guys were good pieces from there on Al Hart Harrington was kind of a cooked ass at that point and low-key not even low-key the winner of this trade by a mile especially considering the regular season they had was the Denver Nuggets because they got Andre Iguodala yep that was big the Andre Iguodala piece Back when he was healthy and still playing. It, um, this is 2013. This is like prime elite Iggy. Yeah. The best version of him is obviously Finals MVP Iggy, which he should have never gotten. But those that I those mean, early couple better numbers. Those early couple of years uh, in in Golden State. So this year, this is his first year out of Philly. Pretty much up until like 2017 is like the 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 golden era stretch for Iguodala. I think he just had a better role, but I think he was a better player in Denver and perhaps even Philly. Yeah. I mean and the and how this Denver team this season was awesome. Um a very underrated passer. Exactly. Uh and in of course literally days before the regular season starts, the Thunder trade James Harden to the Rockets. It was a horrible move, but Daryl Daryl Morey found his golden goose. His first big move as a GM in the NBA. And the Rockets get this burdening star who obviously we still at the time didn't know what he would become, but with this move, I mean, it led to him becoming the player that he became, which is one of the greatest regular season resumes in league history. One of the best offensive players ever as well. Exactly. So that just, it did, it kind of punched a hole in the opening of the Western conference because going into the playoffs in 2012, the Spurs won 10 games in a row. They then won their first 10 games of the playoffs. They were up 10-2-0 against the Thunder, and then the Thunder went four straight, games three, four, five, and six. Each game, Durant was lights out. Westbrook was meh, but Harden was awesome, and it was like, holy shit. Like, the Heat... We like, felt like they were going to be around for a long time. It's like, they are here forever, and they are going to win a title. They're going to win multiple rings, you know... Not four, not, not five, five. <laughs> but not six. And it didn't even get the chance to get off its feet. And that leads us to this regular season. Um, you would think that it would have ruined the Thunder, but no. I mean, you got they, they did at the time get back some pieces that were good for that year. They got Kevin Martin back, uh, who was a nice bench piece. They got Jeremy Lamb then then some draft capital. Um, they had the best record in the West. They finished with 60 wins, 60 and 22. Uh, the Spurs had the second best record in the West at 58 and 24. And we mentioned that Denver Nuggets team, they were the three seed 
57 and 25. And that team, when you go back and look at the guys, that is Iguodala at his utmost, apex everything, the prime of his power, number one scoring option, high level defender, one of the best guys in the league on the defensive end. And this team had guys like Kenneth Reed, who was great on that end. They had Andre Miller on this team, Ty Lawson, Will Barton, like young Will Barton. They had dudes. Uh, this team was awesome. Um, Remember when Ty Lawson was one of the best point guards in the league? It was a great time. Great time to be alive. A little little walking bucket. Uh, You're one seed away that I want to talk about. The number four seed? The number four seed. The number four seed that year was the Memphis Grizzlies. The, who, number five. Well, they're tied for it, I guess. Yeah. 56 uh, and 26 with the Clips. That's who you want to talk about, right? Yeah. They were the, they were the fourth seed. Uh, and this Grizzlies team, which we're going to talk about when we get to the playoffs, made the conference finals. They 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 beat the Clippers in seven. Uh, the grit and grind Grizzlies. I don't know if this is the best version of them, but this is the furthest. I mean, I guess you could say that this is the furthest they got. And we're going to talk about them in that Spurs series. Uh, it was a close series, even though they did not win a game. But that you know, in that that Grizzlies team was really really good. You're talking about the Spurs Grizzlies series, yeah, in the conference finals. That was a grind. Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they invented the grind, grit and grind. And you, that was another team that you really liked. Yeah, I really liked them. I've seen them play twice. I've actually seen them play against OKC in the regular season game, and that game went into double overtime. And Durant, you like looked up, and Durant had like 40. The quietest 30 points I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway. Westbrook almost got ejected the first play because he got called for a reach, reach and foul on Conley. Oh, I, I, that would have been shitty. If it, Yeah. Did you see them play the Kings that year, too, or that was the year after? No, that was a couple guess, years after. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that Grizzlies team was really good. Um, in the East, obviously we know who the one seed is. We're going to talk about them in a second. Um, the, the, the coolest story of it was the Pacers were the two seed and they really became the number one contender to the LeBron in the, if you remember the year before they played in the semis yep. and they gave them hell, they were a grinded out team as well. Uh, took them six games, but they were up. They, they split the games in, in Indy or in Miami. They won game three. But, you know, this it, they were just a little too far over their skis. Miami wins three in a row. D-Wade, 41 in the closeout game. This is in 2012 in the semis. Come back. This team, true number one contender. They're the two seed. Paul George had a great year. All NBA. We'll get to in a second. Roy Hibbert is, like, awesome. And he's awesome when they play the Heat in the playoffs. His fall from grace happened so quick. So quick. Uh, so did this Pacers team. And then the, the 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 other cool story in the East, the three seed was the Knicks. They finished with 54 wins, and uh, Carmelo had his apex season. 2013 Carmelo is probably his best version. That's where he led the league in scoring, right? 28.7 points a game, led the league in scoring. The only reason LeBron James did not get a unanimous MVP be, be, that he should have because one guy voted for Carmelo, which is a wild stat. Just because he led the league in scoring. Yeah. Essentially. He, he was great, though. Which gets us to the Heat, sixty-six and sixteen. Um, this T- Heat team was amazing. We're going to talk about the legacy of them in a minute. Um, but they were great. LeBron, of course, was MVP. Uh, his numbers were fucking insane, Danny. Um, you could argue, and I will, that this is the best version of the best player of all time. Yeah, One like- of the two best player versions of him. Um, and it could, in the regular season at least, this is his peak version. I was going to say, you love Heat LeBron. That's your favorite LeBron. I'm more of a second stint in Cleveland kind of guy. but Yeah, uh, 2018 LeBron is uh, an all-time 
He shot better in Miami, though. Yeah, that's which, one of the things. And Marc Gasol famously won, uh, won Defensive Player of the Year without being on the first def- uh, first team all defense. Should have been LeBron. Anywho, all NBA teams that year. You ready for a trip down memory lane? Yeah, let's do it. First team guards Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant, and this is the year Kobe Bryant blew his Achilles out uh, down the stretch, trying to drag that lifeless fucking big three into the playoffs with the Lakers. Uh, on the wing, of course, LeBron and Durant, and then Tim Duncan, first team center. You said big three, man. They had a big five with uh, Ron Artest and Powell, <laughs> and they sucked. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were, were terrible. terrible. It made no sense, but Nash Nash's back was gone. Yeah, Nash was old. And Dwight, or Nash's, I don't think it was his back. Nash had injuries, and Dwight's back was cooked in L.A. Um, he obviously was way better after he got back surgery when he left there. And uh, Second team, Tony Parker. Uh, this whole episode is going to be great for Tony Parker because he was – so much fun. It had, um, I mean, good, like second team All NBA. He was that level in the playoffs. Russ, second team guard. Uh, Mellow, second team forward. Blake Griffin. This is a great two year stretch for Blake Griffin. I think 2014 15 was his best year because that, uh, or 2013 14 was his best year. I want to say Blake was like third in the league in MVP votes at one time. In 2014, he was. He was third. I think that was the year. 2014-15 wasn't Blake's best year, but it was the best year for the Clippers. Right. If they don't blow that 3-1 lead to the Rockets, they could have won that title um, because the Warriors hadn't been there yet. Um, Mark Gasol was second team team All-NBA center. And then third team, Wade, guard, and then as well as uh, Harden. James Harden, first team. That's a nasty backcourt. First year. First year in Houston. Um, they were the eight seed. They ended up losing to the Thunder in the first round. Shout out to this throwback, David Lee. I seen that third team All NBA. That's something. That's something on the Golden State Warriors, and that the only one to make it. And uh, this is like, and th- this Golden State team we're going to talk about, like this is right on the verge of them breaking through. And they're like, this is like the year they kind of figured it out. They were the six seed. This was their first year in the playoffs. Uh, if you would have asked me how many All NBA teams David Lee has, though, I would have smacked you. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like you, like, I just wouldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, Paul George, of course, third teamer, and then Dwight, uh, third team center. Um, as bad as that team was, and as bad hurt as he was, he did have a solid year in LA. But with the injury with Kobe down the stretch, with the way Nash was in and out of the lineup, I think Powell was in and out of the lineup too. It was just a mess. Um, and Dwight had an underrated LA season. Um. Any other 2013 season pits that uh, are interesting? I don't think it was 2013, but it's kind of on the category of what we're talking about with the Spurs. Uh, Mono is the only six man to make an All NBA team. It wasn't this year, but yeah, damn. I mean, that is a thing. Yep. And Manu has moments, but uh, mostly are bad. This is not a this is we, not a good finals for Manu Ginobili. As much as we're about to talk about how Tony Parker this aged well for him, does not age well for Manu Ginobili. Um, uh, legacy of the 2013 Spurs. Your fit, maybe if 2014 isn't because of how they decimated Miami, 2013 is your favorite version of your favorite team ever. 58, 20, 58 24, second seed in the West. At the time, their 14th straight 50 win season, 16th straight playoff. And that just showed the level of consistency. Literally from the moment they drafted Duncan through his entire career, they were set. It's why they're looking like they're going to be set with Wimby now. Yeah. It's why this type of run and this type of team is why any debate when you do all time lists, if you're actually getting into the weeds of it, Duncan should be ahead of Kobe. 
when when the day that is Duncan, not a popular opinion, my it's, friend. It's not, but it's true. The day Duncan got drafted, the Spurs became penciled in for fifty wins a year, uh-huh. and there's a, a a huge what if sliding doors uh, unanswerable questions hottest take about Tim Duncan <sighs> that we're, we're going to get to on fire. Um, if uh, if th- if he wins this finals, he's six and zero in the finals. It's yeah, <laughs> you spoiled the you buried the lead, but yeah. yeah. Um, the Spurs, their best stretch of the season, 11 game win streak from January 13th to February 6th. They won 16 to 17 in the, uh, overall during that stretch to really, um, get into their group. This was obviously Duncan first team center, 17, uh, just under 18 a game, just under 10 boards a game, 2.7 blocks a game. This is nowhere near apex tip Duncan, but he was so good for so long. This is still. I'm still fucking awesome. I'm a guy who's a who can do it on both ends of the floor. Well, you said he was first team, right? First team center, which is insane. Um, he was so good for so long, especially on the defensive end, man. I know he was locked down. <laughs> he was, uh, and then of course Tony Parker. I know over the last five or six years, his you know, Stephen Jackson's on national television on hot take shows. Barry and Tony Parker saying he's a terrible teammate. Well, he didn't go out the right way. He left. He left and went to the Hornets, and it just died. Like it, history doesn't do Tony Parker well. But this season for him, twenty points a game, three boards, uh, just under eight assists, and then these games during the postseason that we watch and Game Six in general, like he was a little beaten up, which we'll get into in this game. But in this playoffs as a whole, which we're going to talk about, he's fucking incredible. One of the best floaters of all time, and it you just it wouldn't make sense. But he he was he is literally. I'm going to go through the game logs for him in general in the playoffs, and we're going to talk about them as whole. Dude, to, he's dominant. TP nine, he's dominant. He balled. He uh, was one of my favorite players to watch. One of the best finishing guards of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, was, he had so many crafty finishing moves inside, whether that be that Euro step or the underhand layup, the scoop shot, whatever. And you think of his size too, especially in that day, were bigger. Um. In this league too, with the, the the space and the pick and roll, he would dominate. Oh yeah, he would still be this guy. He'd have so much room to dance with the ball. Oh my gosh, yeah. You give him a guy like put him on this Spurs team now that they're about to get Wemby, the whole French connection. Good yeah, heavens, exactly. Um, in round one, they play that des- into the playoffs. They they play that decimated Lakers team. They sweep them. All four wins are by eleven plus. In round two, they face the new kid on the block. The Golden State Warriors, who in round one upset the Nuggets. Um, David Lee's Golden State Warriors. That this was the beginning for the Warriors. Like I remember, honestly, at the time, as much as I don't like him now, young Steph, like I was in love with. I loved him at Davidson, and this version of them, they're fucking running all over the place and hitting threes. He was so fun. Oracle was electric, and they way they overwhelmed that Nuggets team, and this. This Warriors team took the Spurs to the fucking task, man. They were up in game one, 98 to 82 in the fourth. But the Spurs come all the way back. It goes to double overtime. Manu hits a game winner on the left wing. They win 129-127. Steph had 44 on six threes with 11 assists. Ginobili had the game winner, 16 points, seven boards, eight assists. Tony Parker, 28-8-8. Uh all of these lines for Parker are going to be insane that we go through in the entire playoffs. He's great. Game two, though, they lose. Clay has 34 points. Game three in Golden State, they win. Parker, 32, 5, and 5. I mean, again, 23 and 10 for Duncan. They lose game four, though. 
the the old Jared Jack and Harrison Barnes combined for fifty. Wow. Uh, nine. They lose by ten, but in game six, uh, game five and six, our stats are better than yours. They are in game five and six. They win both big games by double digits and move on to the conference finals to play the Grizzlies, who upset the Clippers on the road in game seven in round one. In round two, they upset the Thunder, though the Thunder were without Russ. Patrick Beverly injured Russell Westbrook in ra- at the end of round one. They don't have him the entire series. Reggie Jackson has a couple batshit crazy moments. The Grizzlies beat him, I think, in six. Uh, they get to the conference finals. Against the Spurs team, and it, it it is a war. Game one, game one though, is, is a bit of a blowout. One hundred five, eighty three. Parker with twenty and nine. The next the next couple games here are just insane. Uh, Ninety three, eighty nine in OT. The the Spurs win. Duncan seventeen nine three two and four. Seventeen nine three and four. No, seventeen nine three two and four. 17 points, nine boards, three assists, two steals, four blocks. Not bad. And he's a player that his numbers don't indicate how good he actually is. No, because he doesn't score as much. He doesn't have too many huge scoring nights, but uh, his game is effective. Uh, Parker, again, 15 points, 18 assists. Wow. All five starters and double figures. 93-89 OT win. Game three, on the road, usually you think game three. The home team wins. All the energy. They got out early. Didn't matter. Spurs came back. Win by 11 in OT. 104 to 93. Parker again. 26, 4, 5, and 3. 26 points, 4 boards, 5 assists, 3 steals. Duncan. 24 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, 2 blocks. Uh, This duo was dominant. You know whose stats you don't have down? Who? Kawhi's. I was going through him. He doesn't have many huge games. Yeah. Yeah. This is before he was really the offensive weapon he is now. He has a couple pretty good games in the finals. Game six, the one we watched through, guys, kind of a quiet, really good game. Um, but in the going through all of these, Kawhi doesn't have many like monster stat numbers. Well, I mean, he was like the fourth option on that team. Oh, yeah. Then that's no, not disparaging him at all. Right. Um, and then in game six, you could you could say this is Tony Parker's Apex Mountain game. Speaking, well, that's blowing a category for later. Just this game in general. Um, game four, 93-86 win. You would think desperate team trying to stay alive at home. The Grizzlies are really good. Spurs find a way to win late. And Parker, I mean, they scored 93 points, and he almost scored half. He does it himself. 37 points, four boards, six assists. So he's got six assists to go along with thirty-seven points. He's got he he accounts for over half of their baskets. Unpopular opinion: Tony Parker was one of the most fun players to watch play. Mm-hmm. And he this and so thirty-seven, four and six, fifteen of twenty-one shooting, one three. He didn't shoot any threes. Nope, he didn't. He did not. This Spurs team. And this is back in the day when thirty-seven points meant something. Carved through this 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 really good Grizzlies team, and Tony Parker, we mentioned it, Danny was amazing in the entire playoffs. And these games we're going to talk about the finals. I mean, he was great in those too. Uh, I mean, he was second team All NBA. Good. Yeah, that was amazing. I just love watching him finish against the bigs inside because he just did so many different angles on his release that he was going up. He'd go into the body of the big man to free up the bank shot in mm-hmm. off the glass. 
he was just fun to watch, man. He was an offensive powerhouse. Yeah, he 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 was. Today he would the one thing today that would ruin him is the fact that he would get just matchup hunted because offenses are smarter. Well, most some of them are anyway. But he would also be hunting other people. Oh yeah. On oh, that's the thing too. Like it's not like he'd be unplayable. He'd be great. He'd be he could still be maybe not an all NBA caliber guard because those guys are like now those guys put up triple doubles well, on the, the reg the, and the guards points. the guards now in the league are way better than the guards that like even 10 years ago right um but don't touch my cord like that i just did uh but yeah he'd be borderline on he'd be a top 25 player probably in today's league oh easily uh now the legacy of my team my favorite version of one of my favorite teams ever talk to him miami heat the 66 and 16 nicole if you're watching uh, this this these were her boys, the Heatles, the 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 Heatles, first seed in the East, second great best ever in league history, twenty seven game win streak, from February third that started on Super Bowl Sunday through March twenty seventh, and we thought they were gonna have the best of all time. They yeah it would, it, until the how many f- games off were there? If they won 27 in a row, what's the record? The record's 32. 32? The, because they needed 33. Yeah. Okay, I remember now. Um, The Lakers. Right. 32 in a row. The Ro- This was the longest winning streak since like mid-2000s. T-Max Rockets, remember they won like 25 in a row? Uh, But outside of that, it, it took forever before teams like this in this era, in these eras, fucking won this many games in a row. Like even in the last, since then... The only team that's won more than twenty games in a row was that tw- that Warriors team in twenty the seventy three win Warriors when they started twenty four and zero I think it was, uh, so yeah <laughs> that was the best to open up a season right ever yeah, yeah. ever um key just some fun games in that twenty seven game win streak uh they won their thousandth game in franchise history on February twelfth they were the ninth fastest ever to do it take that for data um. They clinched a playoff berth on March 4th um, with a 97-81 win over Minnesota. At that time, that was their 15th straight victory. Uh, March 18th, they came back from down 17 against Boston to win by two. Braun hit a game winner. That was their 23rd victory in a row. On the 20th of March, two days later, they were down 27 points in the third against Cleveland. They came back to win by 398-95. And then, of course, the, 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 the streak ended against the Chicago Bulls, 101-97 on March 27th, a loss in Chicago. They went um, uh, also later in that month after the loss, they became the first team, I think, to win 17 games in a month in the month of March. Um, Here's a crazy stat. This is some nerd corner stuff. 15-1 and on back-to-backs on the second half of a back-to-back. Our stats are better than yours. Uh Tied for the best in NBA history. Do you think you could guess the best? It's in the last 25 years. The best what? Um, the best. Uh, so the Heat have the best record or most wins on a back-to-back. Second half of a back-to-back in league history. Tied with this team, and it's from the last 25 years. Is that the Spurs? It's not. It's not. Close. This team had an MVP. He won MVP that year. Is it the Thunder? No. Still close, though. Close in, yeah, in proximity, yeah, because it's the Rockets, it's not so that leaves Dallas 07 Dallas, Dirk okay. MVP year, won that many games on the second half of back to back. That hurt. I'll uh, get better when I ask you the questions, yeah, you put me on the hot seat. Um, 
This is obviously, again, I think, at least regular season-wise. And everybody complains about playing back-to-backs, and they go 15-1. and one. I know. That's crazy. I um I think regular season-wise, this is easily the greatest season from the greatest player in the history of the league. Um, it's not the greatest regular season ever, but I'm just saying it might be. 26 points. The stats compared to like now aren't going to look like anything, but just follow me here. 26.8 a game. Eight rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and a block. Um, that's LeBron's season. He wins MVP. It, sh- it would have and should have been a unanimous MVP, but someone voted for Carmelo Anthony. Also, he's doing this, Danny, while not just being the best offensive player in the league, not being the most dominant offensive player in the league. He was the best defender in the sport. He gave a, he gave a fuck. He should have been the defensive player of the year. Not only that, he was shooting a very high percentage as well. 56.5% from the floor, 40, 40.6 from three. And that's when he was shooting them, too. Yeah. And he shot 60% from two. And he's a, and he's a wing. Uh, 75% from the line. A 56-40 season. Um, like, it's insane. It's insane. Like, he put up center numbers. 56, 40 and a half. 56 and a half, 40 and a half, 75. He put up those are center numbers. Shooting splits. Yeah. Uh And he did it also too. And he was by far and away no shot at Marcus Saul. Yes, shot also because he didn't even make first team defense. LeBron was the best defensive player in the league. That's when he could guard one through five effortlessly. And if if history was corrected right, he would be one of the four guys to ever win MVP and DPOY in the same year. Right. Um, and all four of them, if he would have won, or no, I guess not, because Giannis didn't, but he would be, Jordan did it, Hakeem did it, then the third was Giannis, the, should have been LeBron, he should have been the first, or the third ever MVP DPOY. Uh, in round one. Did he make it all defensive team? He, he made second I, team? I think he made first team defense. He made first team? Yeah. Uh, in the in the playoff, uh, also some other stats, D-Wade. 21, 5, and 5, two steals in a block. This emphasize these these steals and block stats emphasize how great this defensive team, this team was defensively. And it's kind of where they hung their hat. Uh Bosch, 16 and a half, just under seven boards, just under two assists, a steal, and a block and a half. Bosch really settled into the like, you know, kick out shots, mid-range, dump uh, and elite, elite back-end defender. And this is coming back when he was in Toronto when he was putting up 25 points a game and 12 rebounds. In the first year, it, it was definitely clunky, this team. And even we're, this this game we're about to get into as a whole was very clunky. Well, they had so much firepower that they had to figure out how to use. Exactly. But this team overall, like, you would think just the Heatles, um, the, heat, the, the biggest moments for them, it's not them shooting threes. It's not their, you know, masterful half court offense, which we're going to get into in a bit. It's not good. That isn't good. This team's flashy moments are when they're getting out and running, and the lobs and the crazy dunks. And like you said, man, that starts on the defensive side of the ball because they were locked down. This Heat team, it will numbers won't back it up, but this this season for the Heat is one of the best defensive teams in league history. Absolutely, because they are guys at peak athleticism. Bosch and James. And Wade literally... I was going to say their top three is locked down. Wade literally breaks down during the playoffs. And this is kind of like his final great season. Um, But Chalmers, Birdman off the bench. 
Shane Battier. Shane Battier, Ray Allen. Like, this is a team built on athleticism and speed, and they guarded the shit out of you. Um, just insane. In the playoffs, they sweep the Bucks in round one. All four wins are by double digits. Uh, Braun had a triple-double in game one. 27. Uh, Before it was cool. 10 and 10. There's a theme with LeBron and scoring that I'm going to get into, which is going to tell an overarching story here in a minute. Uh, against the Bulls, they they won uh, they win in five, but it's hilarious. The Bulls win game one. Nate Robinson, shout out to him, 27 points, nine assists. Butler, 21 and 14. Um, this is the Nate Robinson year. This was the year Nate Robinson went fucking bananas against the Nets, I think. No, that was the year after, but Nate Robinson had his moments on this Bulls team. Uh one of the most fun players to watch in league history, uh, Nate Rob. He did. Games two and like so the Bulls, massive underdogs, win game one. He come out in game two and fucking destroy them. They win by 37. Um, they win game two and four by 37, 10, and 23. They held Chicago to 65 points in game four. Just absolutely flatlined them. Game five is tight. 94 to 91 win. LeBron had 23, 7, and 8. This series, though, clearly. Wade's breaking down. He's starting to his legs aren't starting to work. He doesn't have the offensive explosiveness. They can they're still guarding, obviously, and he's their second th- third best defender. So you could say Bosch probably was their second best with the rim protection and the rebounding. But Wade is clearly breaking down. And um, I say that to mention that through two series, LeBron has led them in scoring in Four of the five games against the Bulls and two of the four games against the Bucks. So six of the nine games they played so far. And then he leads them in scoring round three, goes to seven games, and he leads them in scoring in every single game. So when we say uh, there's a future take we're going to have about him, that, uh, that the, I just want people to remember that. Game one, they win 103-102. LeBron has that uh, icon. This is, this is like the this game in general, game one, TNT. This is like the Paul George coming out game. Remember, he has that crazy dunk at the end of the third on Birdman. Right. Place is silent. He's fucking flexing. Iconic. Uh, cocks it back. Um, Not a little bit, but a lot of it. it then follows that up. after, uh, Or LeBron comes down, follows that up, hitting a fucking 35-footer right in his face. And then they, him and Paul George dap up after he hits it. And then uh, in the end, they George hits a shot late OT. And then with literally two seconds left, LeBron catches it at the top of the key, drives, lays it up to win the game. Uh, LeBron, 30-10-10 to win an OT. Uh, Paul George, 27-4-5. David West, 26 points. He was really good in the series. Game two. Uh, he was their stretch big they needed. He was. He was. This Pacers team is really good. They were fun to watch. Really good. Uh, game two, Pacers win in Miami, 97-93. 38, 36, 8, 3, and 3 for LeBron, uh, which is funny. But um, Roy Hibbert, 29 and 10. He was really good. This Pacers team, this is, they win this game in Miami, Danny. And I don't, I don't remember too much, but going back and watching stuff, this Pacers team had the vibes of, okay, you're the Titan, but we're fucking here. We're not going to lie down. They came after these guys, man. This Pacers team was legit. Yeah, they didn't roll over and take it by any means. They went after it. Everyone laughs at them, and rightfully so, because you remember the year after. The, this all comes down to Game 7 where they get whacked in Miami. And then the next year they're saying, oh, Game 7 will be on our floor, yada, yada. 
it never gets to that because they lose in six. But they that the, in twenty fourteen they started off great. They were fantastic. They had the best record in the league, and then they just fucking fell off a cliff. Hibbert turned into a pumpkin. Paul George had the catfish, knocked up a stripper scandal. Uh, the, the, they were horrific. Roy Hibbert had the fastest fall from grace I've ever witnessed. Literally overnight. And that's why this Pacers team, it's like, oh, this is it's the LOL factor with them because that's what they're remembered as. But this P- Pacers team in 2013 was awesome. They trades game three, four, five, and six. So Heat win three, Pacers win four, Heat win five, Pacers win game six. Um, game five, LeBron had 30 points, eight boards, six assists. Um, we talked about how LeBron kind of was starting to carry this team on the offensive end in game six on the road to try to close it out. Bron had 29, seven and six. No one else had over 10 points. Epic Paul George game though, to save off elimination, 28, five, 28, eight and five. But then in game six, uh, LeBron or game seven, LeBron was amazing. They won by 23 and he had 32, eight and four. The first of what eventually became many, Way off P games, seven points, two of nine from the floor. In, two, of nine from the, two of nine from the floor in game seven from Paul George. I can't believe he only took nine shots. Not a good one. No, nope. game seven. Um, and yeah, that was kind of his the start of a legacy for him. So now we get to the finals. This Spurs team against the Heat team. I don't remember going through and seeing how much of heavy favorites the Heat were, but you got to believe they were pretty good favorites, right? Yeah, I would say so. Game one of the series, Spurs win 9288. Uh, uh the 15 to 5 run in the fourth quarter. This series was all about timely runs in all of these games, really, except for game seven, which was the most back and forth of all of them. I remember when we were watching game six, they said that this game might go to 120 points. I mean, you looked at each other and laughed. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. Um that's just mundane now. Yeah, exactly. Uh Parker has 21 and six. He has 10 fourth quarter points. He has a step back three over Bosch to give them the to tie the, to give them the lead during that fifteen to five run, and then I don't remember if you remember this game one, pick and roll gets the switch, uh, they gets a switch, falls down, keeps his dribble, fall away shot off the glass, butter with five seconds left on the far side, yeah, yep. ball game, uh, ten in the fourth for Parker, and I'm saying I, I cannot stress enough how good Tony Parker was in this playoffs run, he was incredible. Duncan had 20 points, 14 boards, four assists, three blocks. Danny Green, theme, 12 points, four of nine from three. The best final shooter of all time. Of all time. Danny no, Green. No one is better at hitting threes in June than this man. Danny G. Braun had a very quiet 18, 18, and 10, but he shot seven of 16, one of five from three. Wade, 17 points on seven of 15 shooting. And the Spurs started to try to mind fuck the Heat because they start to sag off. And it really kind of screws with Miami. And we'll get more into that later. You want to do the thing? Oh, where he the, the Jordan Belfort thing with the <laughs> lips. Game two, Heat win by 19. They were down early, but a 33 to 5 run, late third quarter, early fourth. The most high the most iconic play of that is Parker pick and roll to Tiago Splitter. Say it. Tiago Splitter. And LeBron just fucking goes up and spikes him at uh-huh. the rim. Uh no momentum behind LeBron's stroke. None at all. He's just hanging out in front of the rim. Splitter's taken <laughs> off, and LeBron just fucking stuffs him. Um, LeBron, 17 points, eight boards, seven assists, three steals, three blocks, almost had a fucking five-by-five five in a finals game. Uh, seven to 17 from the floor. Mario Chalmers, 19 points on 6-12 shooting. Um, 
he was really good. D Wade, though, we mentioned 10 points, five of 13 shooting. He's not shooting threes and they're sagging off. It's a lot of bad mid range contested jump shots for Wade because they're packing the paint defensively. They're trying to, they start mind fucking the Heat and it's like they don't really know how to work their offense in the half court. Don't get me wrong. D Wade is one of the best slashers of all time and he had a pretty good mid range game. But one thing I forgot about watching him play is how he loved to shoot the ball falling down. Yeah, like he, he didn't shoot it at the apex of his jump, and he would almost kind of like foul himself in the air sometimes. We put that over there, please. Thank you. And uh, and this isn't 2006, <laughs> or like you could you could even say Apex Wade was that year that he like drugged them to the finals. I think it was 08 or 09. Uh, this isn't that those years. Like his jumper isn't what it was, and uh, you know he it's, it's a struggle for him. His bread is buttered in 2013 defensively getting out and running, and he was not good in this series. Dwayne Wade has the most blocks all time by a guard. He passed Michael Jordan. <laughs> Makes sense. Game three, uh, this is a legendary role-player roulette game. Uh, Spurs win 113-77. They go on a 55-25 to stretch from the end of the second quarter to the beginning of the fourth quarter. Danny Green just stays fucking hot. By the way, Green was the only Spurs player who played well in game two. He had uh, 17 points. Six of six from the floor, five of five from three. Green in game three, seven of nine from three, 27 points. Gary Neal, 27 points, nine of se- uh, 17 field goals. They uh, six of 10 from three. The Spurs hit a, a at the time, NBA Finals record, 16 threes. Um, Parker, though, only played 27 and a half minutes, six points. He left game three with a hamstring injury. So that was something that was kind of noteworthy. LeBron and Wade, uh, 31 points on 14 of 36 combined. LeBron was one of five from three. Again, they weren't the, the offense for them. You cannot stress enough how they really did not. It was kind of a, what the fuck do we do against this defense? And it never really worked Danny, until this game, which the heat win this game, basically by just hitting jumpers game four, they win one Oh nine 93. I said, I put in my notes. This is probably the last elite D Wade game. That mattered. Like he had a couple cool games like after LeBron left. This is the last elite D Wade game. He had 32, 6, and 4 with six steals and shot 14 to 25. That's getting it done. LeBron had 33, 11, 4, two steals, two blocks on 15 to 25 shooting. He only took two threes. He finally stopped shooting threes. Um, they win by by 16. This was the game where it's Wade and LeBron nailing jump shots all game. I'm up here. I know. Um, you know whose name you haven't said yet that who? we were both gushing over watching the game? Mario Chalmers? No. Who? You said Mario's name already. Oh. You know who. Boris? Boris Diaw. That's a there's a reason for uh-huh. that. He barely plays in these first five games. Um, and in game uh Bosch had 20 and 13, by the way. Heat shot efficient. Only game in the series they shot efficient in. Uh they went to win game four. 45 of 85. Game five. Spurs win by 10. They go on a 19 to 1 run in the fourth quarter. Um, the first game, so the Spurs had been trotting out Parker, Green, Duncan, Splitter, and I don't know who the third guy was. I got another beer. Can you hold this? Okay. Uh, but they bring Ginobili in, and Ginobili starts in games. Oh, Kawhi. So I think they move Kawhi to the bench, or no, 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 they bench Splitter, um, and they go small. Uh, Gino starts game five and he low key is really good. Um, 24 and 10, eight and 14 shooting Parker 
even though he had the injury and he slowed down, he dominates again. 26 points on 10 to 14 shooting. And Danny Green sets the NBA Finals record, and it still holds to this day. Most threes in a finals. 24 points. He had six threes. He was great. LeBron had and Wade had 25 each. They were the eight after the game, after dominating in game four, and they both shot the ball efficient. When did he set the record? In game five. In game five. And that is noteworthy. Who was who held the record before? Ray Allen. Okay. And Danny's record still holds. Right. Um, which is crazy. It's wild. Um Wade and James had 25 apiece, but after shooting dominant and efficient in game four, or in game four, they uh could you stand up and hit the light, please? Uh hit it. Well, you know, not like you did the other night, they day, but uh, Wade and James shoot 18 to 44 in game five. Um, after in game four, like we said, they dominated. They were great. They shot 45 of 85 as a team in that game. And in this game, well, I'm going to see something. Eh, yeah, keep anything. Yeah, our, we're a little brighter. Um, no, man, we're pretty dumb. It is educated ignorance, after all. That it is. And that's through games five. That's through game five, which leads us to game six. So, keys going into this game. We know the Spurs' defense in the half court is dominant. Uh, and Wade breaking down a bit. Manu just inserted into the starting lineup. And remember, too, Danny Green coming into game six is literally hotter than a, the fucking sun. He just broke Ray Allen's record. Um, and he's been he couldn't miss. He's been their third best player in the finals. And you could say you could easily argue that. And you could argue he's been I don't think the, you have to argue it because I think everybody would agree with you. He's been better than every heat player other than LeBron. LeBron was the best player in the series for the uh as a whole. But up to this point, you could probably say Parker. You could you could at this point, though, even through three five games, you could honestly say, like people betting, I wouldn't be shocked if people were going into game six saying. I'm going to sprinkle some finals MVP money on Danny Green. He was amazing. He literally, in the in one of the two games they lost, he shot amazing. He literally, he was a part of the three-point barrage in game four, and he hit six threes in game five to help him get the lead and was huge in the fourth quarter. Like, Danny Green finals MVP coming into game six is definitely on the fucking board, right? Had to be. That's crazy to even think about. <laughs> but I, Look how far we came. I know. So game six. The start of the broadcast mentions LeBron's struggles in the series. They do mention, though, in the elimination games. And I, I would love to see this now because I can only imagine how much better it is. In elimination games, this is in 2013. And not just elimination games in this series, but in his career. 31 and a half, 10 po- uh, 31 and a half points, 10 boards, 6 and a half assists. Not bad. And we crushed this guy. Epically. Um, Mike Miller, just a small note, 9 to 12 from 3 through 5 games. 9 and 12 from three. He gets inserted in the starting lineup in game four. That's not enough shots for him. Um, but I guess yeah. this is back in the day. Exactly. Um, this game early was free flowing for a closeout game. Uh, 14 to 12, four and a half minutes in Tim Duncan four uh, four for four. Uh, the Spurs, Danny, in the first quarter are running the floor. Uh it, uh, because they're trying to, we mentioned how good the he half court defense was. You would think that the Heat are trying to run. The Spurs are trying to go faster. They don't want to play in the half court. Yeah, because they don't want to go against Miami's defense when it's set up. There's points in this game too, obviously that you'll see. Like even a team as good as the Spurs, half court, they're fucked. 
And the reason in your the year after you think, well, that's crazy because you remember in 2014, they fucking beat the, the Heat like a drum. And in the half court, they killed them. Well, the Heat weren't nowhere near the defensive team they were in 2014 as they were in 2013. But the Spurs are running the floor. Kawhi fucking yams on Mike Miller in the first quarter. Duncan goes five of five, or he at this point he's five for five. Spurs are ten of fourteen. So again, for a closeout game, this is really free free flowing. Teams aren't shooting bad, and the pace I thought was really good. Uh, they show a stat where that Popovich in closeout and potential clinching road games in his career was fourteen and two. Wow, this does not that's a stat that doesn't age well technically. Uh, Duncan gets to six for six on a fucking LOL shot that banks in. He gets to switch on Battier, like fakes ups waits. And then just kind of flips it in and he glasses it. And it's just hilarious. Battier banks in a three to tie it at 24. And uh, Mario Chalmers had 10 points in the first quarter. He was four or five. He was going off. Heat lead 27-25 after the first. Underrated Mario Chalmers. Spurs shot 61% in the first quarter. 12 and three from Duncan. Second quarter, Spurs are, again, they're hauling ass every time they get the ball. They are running. If, if it's either a bad heat turnover or if it's a missed shot, they're fucking getting it and going. Um, heat mid range. They finally start hitting shots. The heat are up six, uh, but the Spurs are killing them in the paint. 18, eight in the po- points in the paint. Most of that's Duncan. Gary Neal has a moment. He comes in, hits another three. I put Gary Neal flames out of his ass. He doesn't really do much in this game, but it's just hilarious. to think Gary, how good Gary Neal was in this series. Um, I mean, he's like the perfect Spurs player. He really is. Duncan gets now Duncan hits another shot. He's now eight for eight. And this was beautiful. This is in semi-transition where they throw the ball into him, and he just fucking waits. Waits. I got in cat all letters. Patience. Just waits. They clear it out, and he goes to fucking work. And it's one-two right-hand, inside-hand layup. This is dominance from Duncan. This first half is mesmerizing to watch. This isn't even peak Tim Duncan either. This is older man Timmy D, and he's still getting it done against the youngsters. He was. This is one of his best games ever. You could argue, right? Well, you know what his best game is. Oh, and that, where he t- almost had the quadruple double. The ten-year anniversary of that was yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, against the Nets, 10 and eight against uh, the Nets to close them out. Uh, I think it's one of the five best closeout games in finals history. One of the five best games in finals history. You could argue. Um, uh, LeBron. One of the things that the Heat did to try to neutralize the Spurs half-court offense. Um, was they start they started having LeBron guard Tony Parker late in games. And in this game, they said, fuck it. We're putting him on Tony now. And Parker really shoots poorly in this game, which it, it doesn't seem bad. He just doesn't like in a game six bucket. I don't care how many shots you take. It's like the Jimmy Butler thing I said the other night. Like, I wouldn't have cared if Jimmy Butler shot 45 times. Like, don't shoot. Don't have 11 shots going into the fourth and you hit two of them. So Tony Parker actually shot like six of 23 in this Quit game. And I don't really touch your mic award. Uh, Duncan. Missed a couple shots, but gets a put back. He's got 21 points, 9 of 11. Do you know how hard he is to work with sometimes? Very. Ridiculous. Uh, 44-42 heat in the third. Um, heat offense, though, has gone cold. And one of the best things that I love about finals crowds and finals games is when the home team, it's like, oh, the crowd murmurs are legit. And these heat- you feel the air being poked out the building. And these heat stretches where the offense isn't good and they're just burping up bad 18-footers. We're at the we're at the stage where um, they are sagging off LeBron and Wade, um, mainly LeBron, but they're guarding those two like like Russell Westbrook. 
No, not to have any stray or not guarding. Not to have yeah, not Russell Westberg. Not to not to have any low key strays fly past our man Russ Hustle Westside. But uh, yeah, these Wade and James are getting guarded, which is crazy to think when you watch now, because LeBron today would you would never give him that much space. You're up on him. At least now his older age. Well, I mean, the closer you are to the offensive player, the more you take away from their vision. As a player like LeBron, you don't want him to go off through passing, so you need to be up on him. And this is the craziest thing is that they didn't give a shit. They just packed the paint and were and there's also a different way of the game. Two years later, again in the 2015 series against the Cavs, he's in like that 2015, 2016, 2017, and 20 the four years back in Cleveland is the most unguardable player in league history. Wouldn't you say? He's up there for sure. Um we mentioned one of the most dominants. I don't know about the most unguardable because um, there's other guys that exist in the world. I said one of. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying that stretch when you think of everything he could do, because that was when he finally he finally figured his game out. Hey, LeBron's got the most points of all time, but he's not even an offensive player. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not a scorer. Yeah. Uh, th- but he th- LOL th- there. This version of LeBron like. Has the 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 strength and the deep like this is clearly his best year defensively. He's a dominant. He's the best defensive player in the world. Um, at this point, why do you uh, think that was? Do you think it was because on the offensive end he had so much other firepower around him where he didn't need to concentrate all his energy on that side of the court? I so think, he had more energy on the defensive side of the court. Well, I think the the well when you think of the offensive end, this is clearly his peak athleticism. He's fucking huge. Um, Nicole commented, by the way, and I just saw it. She said, go heat. Thank you, honey. Uh, I, I can only imagine the stress levels that she had if, you know, when she was watching this, she's got like heat blankets. She had like, I didn't even know who their mascot was. And she had a pillow of the mascot. She was dug in, bro. The pillow of the mascot. Who's the mascot? Is Bernie it? is his name. He got his ass beat by Connor McGregor last Friday. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and then Connor. Gotta, yeah, Connor. Uh, so yeah, I'm t- glad you said it, not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shouts to Connor, I guess. Uh, oh, you can't shout him out for that. No, uh, shouts to retracted shot. Shouts to TMZ for breaking it because I guess nobody else was gonna. Um, what a guy. So, uh, the thing was like peak, like LeBron. Like I said, peak athleticism and peak just energy to a degree. But he, I don't think he was as I don't think he was at his fully formed smartest yet, because I think if you have even with the lack of shooting and space around him, this is where he was yoked. Yeah, he's still athletic and he's still take off from the free throw line. Yeah, I, like like LeBron was like, I don't care if I'm a fucking eighteen wheeler, I'm still gonna fit my way through a keyhole. Yeah, that was this version of LeBron. That's hot. Um, thank you. I think this version of LeBron, what it, again? It wasn't the, you know, it, it wasn't. I like what you asked, but like there was just a lot of stuff unrefined in his game. Like his post game isn't there at all. No, but you get that later in your career. Yeah, which he got in that, those Cleveland years. He fucking literally turned into give me the ball at eighteen feet. I'm going to survey Turn everything, around, space out. If he moves one inch this way, I'm hitting him for an open three. If not, I'm going to drive and score. If I drive and he comes up, it's a two pointer. Like you're one dribble away from the bucket, and you're as big and strong as LeBron is. You're lethal. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Giannis now. Exactly. Correct. All right, we're finally going to bring up our guy. Uh, this is going to be, this is going to go in our heat check category because the Spurs have an eight nothing run here to close the half. 
And the best player low-key on the floor outside of Tim Duncan is Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw walked so Draymond Green could run. <laughs> you mentioned how good Diaw was, and we both did. We're just watching. It's like, dude, he's amazing, and he looks like a fullback. Yep. Um, he doesn't play much in this series until this game. It's like the fucking Matt, like the final trump card that he pulled that uh fucking that pop throw pop out there. throws out. It's just like, where'd this come from? And uh it's just hilarious because um Diao comes into this game and he's amazing. And I have a stretch here. So there's getting stops and they're getting out and they're they're running, but a lot of it too is like semi-transition where they survey stuff, they get mismatches, uh, and just kind of take advantage of some bad heat communication. One of these uh plays, Diao catches it in the like mid post. And does a fucking no look whoop to Duncan and he slams it. Duncan scores 13 straight for the Spurs. They now lead by two. And then Kawhi hits a crazy ass tip in to close the half. And Mike Breen says it's another one of those runs. They lead 50 to 44 going into the half. 17 to 4 Spurs run. And the Heat fans, it's clinching the edge of the seat like fuck. It's like this is 2011 at home. Game six against the Mavs all over again. We should win this game. We're down 3-2. Holy shit, our season's going to end. Uh, LeBron, Wade, and Bosh combined 9-4. What would that be? 25 from the floor in that first half. LeBron had nine. Bosh had eight. Wade had six. Duncan in the first half was fucking mesmerizing. 21 points, 9 of 11 shooting. Uh, or no, 11 of 13 shooting. He had 20. Oh, he had 25 in the first half on 11 to 13 shooting. This is a great. This is like legendary shit from one of the one of the six greatest players of all time. You're going six. He's in that for when we were talking about it in my head. I was going to say undoubtedly a top 15. But if you're going six, man, he's got he's at worst one of the top 10 greatest players ever. You cannot name 10 guys better than him all time. I love you. What? Am I nuts? I mean, you're not. Well, you just know how I feel about the guy, so I'm not the right guy to ask because I know that I'm going to have some favoritism towards Timmy D. Even if you put like Kobe or and like even like maybe Steph over him, he's better than Shaq and Akeem all time. The like the the, the group that he's in is like depending on if you put Steph over Shaq and Akeem, which I don't think you can yet, but ah, you can. He yeah, you can. So, like, Steph, he's got two MVPs. Yeah. Shaq's only got one. Um, Sucks to say, but he's only got one. So, he's in the – it's, like, the the the, clump, the second tier of all-timers. So, if, like, the the mount, the big four is, like, Bron, uh, MJ. Bron, MJ, Kareem, and Bill, the next group of dudes is, like, Duncan, Wilt, Kobe. I don't think people are having Bill at four, though. Steph. Don't get me wrong. I love you for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bill's my guy. But the, the next group of guys like Duncan, Duncan, Steph, Kobe, Wilt, Bird. Oh, and Magic. Though Magic is like, it's weird because like you have those four. Magic is clearly better than everybody else, but he's not like good enough to be. So if you did like him the, and Bird just didn't play long enough. The right? undoubtedly great, the undoubted three greatest ever. It's like it's LeBron, Co- Kareem and Jordan. And then the, I guess the next tier would be Magic and Bird, Magic and uh, Bill, and then the group clumped together: Bird, Duncan, Kobe, Steph, Wilt, in some sh- order, and Shaq. 
and that's 10. But I think Shaq and Akeem are either in that or just behind it. But I think that's 10 greatest players ever. Um, and you're a Shaq guy. I love Shaq. Um, I think him and Hakeem, it's super close when you actually look at the numbers and everything. Uh, but and then d- the next, if I did, if you were doing tiers, that's a 10 greatest. Then the next four is Shaq, Akeem, Moses, and Dr. J. That's the fourth tier. And that's the 14 greatest players of all time. Forgot Dirk. I don't know, man. I think Dirk's in that like next because you got I can't like believe you put Dr. J in there. Yeah, when you think of importance and ABA stuff and just numbers as well, it's all up there. Uh, but yeah, this is an ape. All that to say, this is an apex half at, in like in literally the final ch- chapters of his career, trying to clinch a title uh, <laughs> to get and to go five and zero at the time. It would have been in the finals. Um, for one of that worst, the ten greatest players of all time. He was amazing. Um, third quarter, um, Spurs get it up to nine, but it kind of goes back and forth. There's a little bit of a slog. This game is turning into. I'm sorry, Austin Gale, uh, a Gino who made everything at the time. Gino make everything. Uh, this is a all. This is turning into just midway through the third quarter. This is turning into like a Gino stinker. A stink bomb of a game. Um, Heat finally go. Uh, they go from down nine. They cut it to one. They go on a 12 to four run with rim pressure. They get to the line a bunch. Braun, though, at this point, he's 12 points, three of 10 shooting halfway through the third. Co- Spurs, though, answer right back. Uh, Kawhi with an and one. Duncan with an and one. Duncan's at 30 points now. Spurs go on an 11 nothing run in 73 seconds to go up 12. Heat fans are in full tight asshole mode. Sphincters are closing. Braun at this point now has 14 points on three of 12 shooting. He's missed his last six shots. At this point, uh, after three quarters, Spurs are up 10, 75, 65. That whole third quarter was the was nervous, pale, sweating Heat fans. And it is just like, oh, fuck. They were all in white shirts like you're wearing, and they were literally pale white because it was like, oh, God. It was white out. This is not good. This is a... This is all time like this is Apex Mountain nervous crowd energy. Would you say? Yeah, I would I'd have to agree. They were behind their team. Miami's got great fans. They do, and they were like they were fucking they were oh, sitting on fuck. it. Um I don't know why you gotta talk about people's finger though. It's kinda a little personal. I just think Matt, it goes together. I hate how descriptive you are sometimes. Fourth quarter like don't be talking about my butthole. Yeah. Fourth quarter. This is it's bat down the hatches, folks. Fourth quarter, Chalmers three quarter thir- uh, three to start the fourth. He's got twenty points. He's leading the Heat in scoring. LeBron through three quarters. He's not. It's if if it doesn't get better, it's all time from literally one of the greatest players of all time. It's a s- absolute no show. Holy fuck, what are you doing, game? Chalmers rolled out of bed and hit four of his first three uh, five threes. He had twenty points. Through the first possession of the fourth quarter, he was going off. You could say kind of his shooting, his time. He just hit timely shots. It kept them in the game, right? Some shots are worth more than three points, and Chalmers definitely showed up to hit more than three points in that game. He's the only guy that was hitting jumpers for them consistently. Like Mike Miller had a couple. Shane Battier had a he, few. He hit that one without a shoe. We'll get to that one. Uh, right after this, Mike Miller comes down, loses his shoe, uh, bangs it home. 10-2 heat run to start the fourth. Uh, key though, 
No Duncan on the floor, by the way. 77-73. Uh, splitter hits back-to-back buckets. Tiago Splitter. And, and the second one makes Duncan shit himself on the bench. They cut to him. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> the second one, Splitter, like, hooks wild hook shot. It hits the glass. Duncan's like, all right, let's go. Um, all-time. This is an all-time Mario Chalmers pick-and-roll ball handler game. Uh, beautiful drive, dish to score. Uh. 80 to 75, Duncan comes back in. And now our first category is going to be re-wa- most rewatchable sequence. You could are this is like prime candidate A. Uh this is when shit like this is when shit gets weird. And when you're looking at most rewatchable stuff, you could honestly turn the game on right here and fucking we'll get to every portion of the game that's rewatchable, but this is the this is this this might win it. This is early betting favorite. Um, from this point onward, the game gets nuts. Wild Mario Chalmers shot in the paint. LeBron put back dunk. Tim Duncan t- Tim Duncan knocks the headband off. We have reached liftoff. Right. This game, from here on out, Danny, ascends from crazy, intense battle to, for a title with a championship on the line to, holy shit, we have reached Mars. I mean, LeBron's got his own Twitter feed. <laughs> Is yes. or his Twitter account, LeBron's headband. I searched this the other day. The Twitter account's still up. Does he still tweet? No. It was a one-night thing, sadly. Uh, this is all-time. The infamous headband of LeBron James. Uh, first thing it says, LeBron, I miss you. Uh, scored 60 points without me. Please take me back. It, it did a two-nighter because it came back. and uh, <laughs> What is this? It said, Drake stole me from LeBron. People tell LeBron to not wear me during game seven. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, shout out LeBron's headband. Shout out to it. Oh, you know what we have it done? What? Shout out Pat. Shout out Nana. Shout out Mom. Shout out Buck. Just raising the roof. Shout out. We already gave Nicole a shout out. Shout out to her again. Who else am I forgetting? Oh, shout out my dad. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, Sunday. There you You'll go. never listen to this, but it's okay. There you go. So we, so this is the point of the game where we go from great game that's f- been fun and exciting. The game pops a molly right here, and we fucking start sweating. Woo! Uh, so LeBron, after the, getting his headband knocked off, the Heat turn it to fucking 12 with their half-court defense. This is what the Spurs tried to avoid all game. The Heat are sitting down. You're doing push-ups on picket fences. They are guarding their ass off. Uh, LeBron posts up drive score 8279. Then this sequence is amazing. Uh, oh, I hit this button. LeBron, uh, this sequence is amazing. Pick and roll Duncan, lay up at the basket. LeBron, literally like an RKO out of nowhere, fucking sends it back down the floor. Then LeBron pick and roll. He's taking over now. It is. Everything is coming through me. Stop doing that. You're distracting me. Uh, LeBron's doing everything. I was going to going to do it. You're not stealing it. Uh, pick and roll. He stops up and under. He fakes it on Duncan. I keep that thing tight. Beautiful step through. Layup. Tie game. Spurs timeout. The building. Or no, not yet. No timeout yet. Does he get another stop? Allen on the backdoor cut. Reverse layup. He go up 84-82. 6.03 left in the fourth. Um, a- a- after that layup, the the place goes from literally six minutes ago, oh, my God, we're going to die, to holy shit, they have the lead, and the place is melting. 
uh, LeBron's going nuts. They have, uh, they're up by two. Braun drives past Dial. Finally, like the the they catch he catches him sleeping. He's like they're even in the mid post. Dial sags off a little bit. LeBron waits perfectly, blows right by him. 87-84. LeBron at this point has thirteen in the fourth. Um, some more iffy, uh, or some more good defense on both sides. One of the adjustments we mentioned how good Duncan was in the first half. One of the biggest adjustments was the Heat basically had Bosch just front Duncan every time in the half. They court. took him out the game, uh, and he just couldn't get touches. It's not a bad Duncan game. half, like thirty and like twenty five in the first half, five in the second half. You'd be like, shit. He just they just couldn't get him the ball. They did a great job of taking him away. And I mean, uh, thirty points for Duncan's quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he didn't shoot as well in the second half, though. Timeout here, two fifty seven. No, he didn't. Two fifty seven left. 87-84 Heat lead by three. Um, they are up. They are up twenty-two to nine in the fourth. That little six-minute stretch could you could argue is the most rewatching part of the game. LeBron's going crazy. Crowd's going fucking nuts. Seven Nation Army is bumping. Da, 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 da. Everybody's losing their minds. Uh, and LeBron just goes into full. I I don't care. Hop on my back mode, and they take the lead. Moving on, the next most rewatchable sequence. Uh, I mean, this whole game was rewatchable. That's <laughs> very, why we rewatched it. Very, uh, and it's on YouTube. It is in full. Gino layup, uh, and Gino layup. Wade then trades free throws. Eighty nine, eighty six, two oh two to go. Gio, uh, G- we mentioned that this is a Gino stinker. Awful miss three. Wade though can't get the defensive rebound. Danny Green chases it down. They get a new 24, and this is really the first time all game we now have a moment from him because he doesn't shoot well all game. Their heat defense is great. It's a huge Duncan game. Kawhi has his moments sprinkled out. Kawhi has like an unheralded Kawhi, my guy, like 22 and 15 or something like that in this game. But Tony Parker hasn't done much in this game, but it, this next 40 seconds, he starts to get it back. It's It's Tony Parker. He gets a switch uh, on LeBron, or he gets, or LeBron's, or LeBron's guarding him. Parker fucking ISOs. Step back three to tie it at eighty nine. It was his second three of the finals, the entire series. Chalmers bad turnover. Parker pick and roll gets a switch on Bosch. Stops, literally goes under him, flips it up off the glass. Spurs lead ninety one eighty nine. Timeout for literally from Heater going nuts. Seven Nation Army. Building's going to collapse. Spurs are back in front. And that just showed, A, the craziness of this game, Danny, but also, B, like, how good this team was and obviously under pop. Like, nothing phased them until, like, the last 50 seconds. But still, not much phased this team, wouldn't you say? No. I mean, they were so well coached. Uh, The team takes after their coach and, you know, pop. He's kind of level-headed most of the time, so it's hard to really phase them or him. Whatever pronouns they prefer. If we mentioned that Molly was popped once LeBron lost the headband, this final like minute, I don't. I've not done Molly, but I assume the the crash afterwards. You don't really know what's going on. The room starts spinning. You don't want to pace for seventy hours. We have reached the the come down. Loud murmurs. The what the fuck just happened vibe is all over the building. Bron has a post up. 
bad turnover. Gino hits two free throws. Ginobili. Seven nothing run with 37 seconds to go. 37 seconds to go. And Danny, we're watching the game. And literally while Gino's walking to the line, what did you say? You said, I, for, I forgot. You said they had it. No, you said they had no, it. No, you did it. You said they had it, man. Oh, because they meant yeah, this yeah. is before Kawhi shot his. Too. Um they hit the two free throws. Braun, another pick and roll. It always comes down to free throws, people. And he just always and he and he just turns it over again. Like he don't even get in shots. This is three straight possessions in the half court where they just turn the ball over. Um burst of first, 30 just under 30 seconds left. Gino splits free throws. 94-89 with 28.2 to go. Eight-nothing run. Heat call their final timeout. I said crowd is dead and stunned. First thing. They, they bring, had it, man. They did. They had it. It was right there. They're up fucking five with half a minute to go. Now, everyone remembers. Everyone started to say that the crowd was leaving. It I didn't, didn't look like that. Crowd, The court was getting roped off for the championship ceremony, but the fans weren't leaving. Right. I didn't think so anyway. Didn't look like they were leaving. Um uh they come back out. This is weird. We mentioned obviously this is a theme, but Duncan gets subbed out. He comes out and then they wait. When they come back onto the court, they then he sub then pop subs him out for Dio. They should have never subbed him out. They didn't. Braun comes off horrid three. Bricks hits the fucking back side of the back bottom of the backboard. That's how bad he missed. They get the offensive rebound, tipped once, tipped twice, back to LeBron, hits the three. 94-92, Spurs, final timeout, 20 seconds left. Braun at this point in the fourth quarter, 7-10, 18 points uh, in the fourth, but he does have back-to-back really bad turnovers. Um, Kawhi then gets Kawhi, my guy. Misses the first, but does make the second. Yeah, but he missed the first. Three-point game, 19.4. They subbed Duncan out again. Yep, they did. He'd have no timeouts, remember. This now becomes probably the most iconic part of this game. Absolutely. He come down. They run kind of a flare screen action up top for LeBron. Misses the three. Bosch rebound. Out to Allen. Three-pointer. Bang. Bangs at home. Tie game. Five seconds remaining. Bang. Bang. Uh, refs stop the refs. <laughs> um. Refs stop the game to check if it was a three. Pop is losing his shit because you can remember there's no timeouts. You would pop definitely if any team is going to have a holy shit crowds going nuts tie shot. No, no timeouts. We're going to be prepared to come down. You're not going to get a great look, but you're going to be able to get a good look off. Yeah, semi good look in the wildness of it. It's going to be the fucking Spurs and Pop is livid even without. I mean, they couldn't sub him back in, but after this, but like he is livid. That the ref stopped the game to, to check the... Because they just wanted to get the ball in and yeah, run. and go and take off probably. Yep. And you got to think they get a better shot than what they do. Oh, it's yeah. not a bad look, but the Heat are able to set the defense to a degree. They're able to pick Parker up full court. Um, Parker misses a runner on the left baseline. Tie game going into OT. This is wild that the Spurs blew this, and this is why it is... The the a couple bad subs substitutions, Parker or the the free throws from Ginobili and Kawhi. This is an all time almost an all timer gag job by San Antonio, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say. This should not I have. Mean, they were ahead of the game and they were shooting free throws. They were thirty seconds. They were twenty eight seconds away 
up it, five to win the title. Anytime you're ahead in the game late and you're getting fouled to shoot free throws and you're missing them, that's a gag job. We go to OT. Got to put the ball in the net. We go to OT. Gorgeous pass from Parker to Kawhi, 97-95. Bosch runs the floor off of stop to tie the game. He misses the free throw. Um, Duncan miss. DL offensive rebound and put back. Boris, we haven't mentioned it up, but Diaw has been amazing. Uh, 99-97. Braun, another bad turnover. Parker splits him 197. Two and a half to go. Braun hits Allen on a curl cut layup 199. Um, this is, like I said, and it, it was down the stretch too, but in OT, every possession, LeBron's walking the ball up. It's a sign of things to come, right? Right. Point LeBron, basically, in full attack. He hits Wade on the cut on the baseline. Wade hits him back. LeBron, short eight-foot floater, gives him the lead. 101-100 with 100 seconds to go. Heat defense just starts playing great. They have a great possession where they force Kawhi and Parker into tough, long twos that are both airballed. Uh, both of them go are short and out of bounds. Shot clock violation. We then have a Braun miss, a Spurs turnover, leads to a Ginobili hilarious turnover, which then leads to a Danny Green steal on LeBron in transition, which is uh, uh, which is pretty good because Gino, this is a hilarious like another one of his many hilarious just driving to no man's lands turnover turnovers, um, and it leads to an outlet and LeBron and Danny Green gets down the floor and swipes it out of his hand. It goes off LeBron's knee. Spurs get it back down one. Still alive. Uh, Parker gets Bosh on the switch after cooking him in the end of regulation. He shoots the long two and Bosch blocks it. Remember, literally hits the fucking top of his ring finger. That's all you need. And he misses. Uh, Clock winding down under 30 seconds. Wade settles for a step back two from the free throw line. That was a bad idea. And then to cap off the all-time stinker. Well, not yet, but uh, or no, this is it. Yeah, to cap off the all-time stinker from Geno. He literally drives into three guys, one on three, and Ray Allen rips him. Now, they were pissed on the broadcast that this wasn't a foul, and I don't think it was. I think it was all ball. What would you think? I don't remember. I couldn't tell you. I don't want to lie to the people or lie to you, my friend. Anyway, I don't think it was a foul. Uh, Allen hits both free throws. Final play of the game. They flare green into the far side corner. Great play. Great pass from Duncan, but Bosch literally eats him alive. They were mad. That wasn't called a foul. I thought that was all ball. And Bosch makes two amazing defensive plays late, and the Heat win to force game seven. We mentioned Duncan, epic game, 30 and 17. He did shoot two of nine, down the, or two of eight down the stretch in the second half, uh, but he was still great. Parker had 19 and eight. He shot six of 23, but again, I don't give a shit. Uh, in this type of game, unless it's two, two for 50, like if you're shooting over 20 times and you've got over five makes, you know, but you're like involved, it happens. Uh, Parker was involved. I don't think this is a bad Parker game by any means. Oh, this is an awful Ginobili game. Nine points, three assists, eight turnovers. It's bad. Bad. This is a bad Ginobili game. Bad Ginobili. LeBron, 32 points, 10 boards, 11 assists, 11 to 26 from the field. 18 in the fourth quarter in overtime and um, 20, I, I lied, 20 in the fourth quarter in OT and he had the game winner. What a game. It was a hell of a game. 
Categories. It was worth rewatching. I'll tell you that. Uh, we got categories. This is where we rip right out of the Bill Simmons playbook. Should we say rewinding instead of rewatching? Oh, oh our rewind. Uh, most rewatchable sequence. Again, as I said, uh, underrated one. That final four minutes of the first half where Boris Diaw is fucking everywhere and Duncan scores 13 in a row. That's 17 to four run. That's pretty epic. Uh, Braun, as I mentioned, the, the, the 10 point run where Braun, that six minute run where Braun gets his headband knocked off to, they were up 89, 80 or 87, 84 after his driving layup basically feels like you just popped a Molly and you did some ecstasy in the club and you're like going and you're just bricked. You're just like, or no, I guess what you said, you want to fuck everything, but you can't get it up. Isn't that what people say? That's cocaine. About ecstasy. Oh, that's cocaine. Okay. Ecstasy is the love. Drug. <laughs> okay. Um, final 90 seconds, which is a heat collapse. Cause remember they had four straight possessions where they turned it over. And then the Spurs collapsed after that. And the entire OT is rewatchable. Uh, what do you think the most rewatchable scene is? Do you have any other portions of the game? I think those are the four. The Ray Allen shot. It's got to be it. Yeah. So the final 90 seconds. Yeah. Because I think you have to to have yep. the Ray Allen shot. You kind of got to watch the full, full 90 seconds in itself. So you think that's the most rewatchable? Absolutely. I'm going to put. I you feel like that's one of the most viewed things on YouTube. Uh, well, basketball wise. I think that as well, but I'm going to change. I I really love that moment when LeBron loses his headband because that is just a six minute stretch of fucking. That's because you're on Twitter. Acid if you base. On Twitter, you wouldn't care. It's not even that. The, it's literally that that building is going crazy. Don't yell at me. LeBron is fucking in peak. I'm just killing you mode. It's great. Um, what age the best? Shooters around Braun, it was early in the game where that was effective. Mike Miller hit a couple threes. Shane Battier hit a three. Mario Chalmers obviously benefited the most from the role player roulette around LeBron James theory. Um, uh, but shooters around LeBron, that age the best. You can comment on these when I bring them up, by the way. Of course. Um, sassy Jeff Van Gundy. And remember, oh, yeah. And remember, and he there, was alone. And yeah, there's no Mark Jackson in this game because he's coaching the Warriors. Right. That threw me for a loop when we were talking about it live. JVG was sassy and in a good way. I liked it. Um, I had this also in What Age the Worst. Greg Popovich uh, game interviews. This age, the best and the worst because it's the best. Like, oh, that's funny. But it's also the worst. Like, oh, you're kind of a dick. But he was, he, it was good intentions. Right. He didn't care. That's the thing. It's not like a certain coach that we know personally that was just an asshole oh, in general. Man, are you? Um, <laughs> but uh, Pop had his moments where he said nice things to the media and was good to them. You know, Pop didn't like stupid questions. That is the main thing. It has in the media. We don't ask stupid questions, but you know, sometimes yeah. in the league you do. Are we in the media or of the media? You're, the media. you're of the media. I'm in the media. You're of the media. Uh, what age the best? All right, P asshole. Boris Diaw. No. No? I'm not letting that one slide. No, <laughs> he doesn't does, does like that. No. no. Don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. Uh, of the media. <laughs> yeah. Um, what age the best? Boris Diaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember the alma mode. Um, Doris sideline reporting. Yeah. 
she's aged terribly these last 10 years. <laughs> well, I don't know why I liked her sideline reporting more than some of the I also I I mean I don't like I don't know if I like a sideline person now. I don't like Chris Haynes cuz he he gets duped by sources all the time on Twitter and breaks shit that isn't legit. Um so I don't like Chris Haynes. He's a Lisa Salters. She's all right. She's good. I, I like Lisa. Uh Roz and uh Malika. Shout out Malika. Um please. And there's another one I can't think. But they all seem just too friendly. Like Dora, like I, I it's okay to but it's like you're asking them questions, you're doing, you know. I don't want to sound like it's two friends catching up, you know. Sager was goat. Sager's the goat. Well, obviously. Um by far. Bar none. Uh what age the best? Heat half court defense. What age the best is <laughs> what? Coach Eric Poster's girlfriend. <laughs> Did he, was it wasn't was you were made the joke. Did he get he a, was like 36 and he bagged like an 18-year-old or something like that? I don't allegedly. I, I don't know that for sure, so I'm just gonna say allegedly. Okay, for sure. Uh, if you want to discredit your source, go for it. <laughs> so you're my source on this? Obviously. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, she might have been 20. Uh, Seven Nation Army, as we stated. That age is because they still do it, but it it was never as it has not been as good now as it was when LeBron was there because that building was levitating when the Heat crowd got into it. Right. But the people always say the Heat fans are bad, but whatever. Is that a thing? Do people say that? Yeah, because they're late arriving and whatnot, which is true. They're in Florida, bro. But uh, they're chilling. But heat, the heat crowd was always great. Um, what also aged the best? The last thing I had, no late commercials. I like just having the because nowadays, like that last half a minute when the teams are taking timeouts, even in a fucking game six of the finals, you have a whopper, 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 whopper commercial come up out of the blue, and just to listen to Breen and JVG talk about what the fuck each team is doing in these situations, it was nice. It was really nice. Um, what out of all those? What age the best for you? You can look at the list here. What age the best? Shooters around bronze, sassy JVG, pop interviews, so many things, man. Boris out. This is what age the best. That's what age the worst. We'll get into that in a sec. Uh, Doris what age the best is not Doris Burke. No, I just her as a sideline reporter. I thought she was really good. Yeah, of course she was. That's why it's in what's age the best. Uh, Heat half court defense. Se- Seven Nation Army. And uh, no late commercials. I think I know what you're going to say. I There's no way you know what I'm going to say because I don't know what I'm going to say. I mean, it's the obvious answer. What's that? Boris Dio. Is he not yeah. what aged the best? You did write him in all caps. Because he had an, a, a goaded game. <laughs> um, other than him, I'll, uh, do you want to give him... I want to think I want obviously shooters around broad. And this was like the, what it could look like. Um, but uh, shooters have been a, around LeBron most of his career. And that's been the winning formula for him. He'd have core defense too. Yeah. They were locked down. Uh, they were so tough to score against in the half court. That's why San Antonio wanted to be on the break. Every chance they got. I'm putting that. Are, where are you? Are you saying Boris? Probably. All right. Uh, what age the worst? Joey Crawford theatrics. Oh man, he went T- right for TV it. TV Teddy, basically. 
Uh, this game is officiated well, but every call he makes, he is literally jump. He looks like he got tased in his dick. He is fucking zinging up. The, his head's going to hit the ceiling fan. I mentioned the pop interviews. Uh, uh, long twos. Long twos did not age well. They just didn't. That was one of the first things we noticed when <laughs> yeah. watching it. Uh, he, we mentioned their defense was good. Uh, he half court offense, stinky, right? Um, all game. Ginobili, <laughs> this yeah, is bad. Just Ginobili, uh, pop late subs. I think this is as much as I kill. It's like, why did you take Duncan out? But uh, Ginobili, what is age the worst for me? Because this is an all timer. Should I go for it? Horrendous game from Ginobili. I don't care what you do. Whatever makes you happy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're about. To, you're about to have another. Yeah, I didn't really want to have six. Have you had all of them during the show? Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, what age the worst for you? Doris Burke. <laughs> she wasn't in. The, she's not a candidate. <laughs> it doesn't matter, bro. She's there. That's that's. You're gonna get me canceled. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, Fred Van, uh, I, I couldn't find what well, age the worst is those long twos because we've seen a bunch of them, yeah. Because, uh, and I'm not talking about Dorisburg, <laughs> I'm talking about Wade's <laughs> entire offense was bad, contested mid range. He would shoot on the way down, and it was pissing me off because he was short. It wasn't, I get it, you're athletic, you can rise up in mid range and shoot the shot. But just because you can doesn't mean you ought to. It wasn't. You just shoot it on the way up or at the fucking apex of your jump. It, don't be dumb. It, I like it when you're assertive. It wasn't. Uh, don't talk to me about assertion. I'm just saying. I'll show you assertion. <laughs> yeah. I can't even spell assertion. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> Too many S's. You put the ass in assertion. <laughs> uh, there is. Um, it, it's not red release bad, but it's uh, it's like yellow. Release. They're beige for sure. Yeah. Um, the, did I, are you going to take me to Taco Bell? That's what you want. I don't know. Bro. I had T-Bell for lunch today. You did. Yeah, I was, you had T-Bell for lunch like the other day, Monday. Oh, really? That's how long mm. it's been. Yeah, I know. Uh, Fred Van Vliet award for the best heat check. Uh, I've got two candidates. I don't know if you can think of any other, but I've got Chalmers and Dio. I don't remember Dio's heat check. Well, did they make them? Or there isn't a there isn't a legit like coming off the bench and just fucking having a get a playing like you just had a child. Like what about Gary Neal? If you did for the entire series, Gary Neal wins easily. Uh, or Danny Green, which we'll get to him. Um. Chalmers just in this game. He scored Chalmers scored 20 points in game six of the finals when they're down three, two and they're down 10 in the fourth quarter. And LeBron threw three quarters had 12 points and he missed nine shots. If Chalmers doesn't have 20 through the first shot of the fourth, like I don't know if they win because he just, his shots didn't mean much, but they were timely. Right. And, and Diao just came off the bench and just was everywhere. So it wasn't a heat check like he came in and hit a bunch of shots, but he was. Dial was one of my favorite players to watch. He was so good. He was great. He was so good in this series, in this game. He would thrive today. He would. We're going to get to that. Um, what if sliding doors moment? Okay. I got two. Do you want you do. the. Uh, uh, let me. Oh. 
do you have do you want the all timer or do you want the in the moment what if sliding doors moment I first? Both. I want both. Give it to me. No, just which one do you want first? Because um, these are thought provoking. In the moment. What if Danny Green doesn't go from greatest three point shooter ever to section eight in game six and seven of the finals? They win. I mean, it was neck and neck the whole time, pretty much down the stretch. In game six and seven of the series. So in the first, I got the stats somewhere, and they're fucking, when I wrote them down, they were, I pissed my pants. Are you ready for this? Through games five, through game five of the series, he broke the record. He was, I think he hit 24 threes through, through five games. In game six and seven, he was two for 19 from the floor, two of 11 from three. In That'll game, do it. In game seven, he was one for 12 and one for six from three. In this game, Dial played so well that they kind of just said, fuck it, and took and took Danny Green out. In game six, in game seven, they don't play Dial much again. Right. And Green plays a lot, and he does not hit anything. They guard him better. They're not letting him just roam out there, but if Green hits anything, Especially in Game Seven, because that's the worst one, which we don't talk about in, in this. But if he doesn't go from literally breaking of record to Section Eight in the final two games in the series, like I love how that's the thing you say now. What Section Eighted? Yeah, I, I got it from Simmons. He, he, it's, it's just he's gone. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you say so. Uh, and then, all right, what's the all time? Go ahead, put it on me. If the if the if the Spurs win this game, remember how we did the tears earlier? History has changed forever. You remember how the we, Heat only have one title with the under the LeBron era. All right, okay. So keep riding with me here. And Timmy D is six and zero in the finals. That's what I'm getting at. Remember how I did earlier the top, the no doubter top ten players ever, right? And I tiered him. Yeah. If they win this game, it's this game. They should have. And Duncan, it's I know he tailed off in the second half, but it's like you still win. In your final chapters, you have a 25 point first half where you're dominant, you're the best guy. And he has 30 and 17. Right. If they win this game, even in game seven, he was good. But like if they win this series, and he's six and and you gotta think they're still gonna win the year after because they were better. Uh Uh-huh. Is he on Mount Rushmore. Is he one of the four great? Is the conversation because well, Jordan's the, the GOAT and he's 6 and 0 in the finals and Duncan's also the GOAT cuz he's 6 and 0 in the finals, I'd have to say they are. So, I feel like Duncan had less help. Don't get me wrong. I love Tony Parker. He's extremely good, extremely talented, one of the best players in the history of the game, but he's not top echelons like the help MJ had. Yeah, MJ had two other 50 to 60 top six or two other top 60 guys on his team right. of all time. Probably top 45, really, when you look at Rodman and, and Scotty. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. So the question then becomes Mount Rushmore just depends. Mount Rushmore is a, is subjective because it depends on because I think if you actually did a Mount Rushmore, he'd have to knock be, Kareem out because he's not knocking Bill out. So no, here's the thing. So, yeah, that's if. I think the consensus is the three greatest players ever are uh, Kareem, Jordan, and LeBron. Right. 
you I you could throw Bill in there as the fourth. I don't think that's NBA's Mount Rushmore, though. I think NBA's Mount Rushmore is LeBron, Jordan. You could have Kareem. It's tough because it's like LeBron and Jordan. You're a big Kareem guy, though. Um, but um, I don't think you have Kareem on the Mount Rushmore. Really? Mount Rushmore is not the four greatest. Look at the – I'm not ranking presidents. Nicole, if you're watching, rank presidents for me and do a Mount Rushmore comparison. I'm pretty sure people wouldn't say the four greatest presidents of all time are on Mount Rushmore. Do you get what I mean? Mount Rushmore is like who changed the game the most. Because Steph, Steph Curry – Is that really what you're going by? For, Mount, think, Ru- for Mount Rushmore, Mount, yes. I think Mount Rushmore is the top four. It should be. It should be, but I'm just going off. If you're talking about people who changed the game the most, I'm just saying what Mount Rushmore actually is. Because if you changed the game the most, I don't even know if LeBron's on there. The only way he would be on there is for a player empowerment movement. That's a thing. He defined an entire generation. Jordan won. Jordan's on there because he was the first guard to really win a title. Kareem's on there because he changed the rules. Bill's on there because he was 11 to 13. Mm Mm-hmm. That, but that's fair. My thing is like, and then probably Shaq. You could also say if you were just doing a Mount Rushmore, like LeBron, Jordan, Magic, Bird, because they Magic and Bird saved they saved the they game though. Saved the game, but they didn't really make a lot of changes to it. You would then you could also have like LeBron, Jordan, Steph. And oh, I wouldn't have Shaq on there. I'd have Will because Will or, made the lane yeah, bigger. But uh, Steph and Kobe, just because Kobe. He's one of the. He's probably more iconic than almost anybody outside of LeBron in league history. I mean, who's LeBron named Jordan you anyway? when you shoot the paper wad <laughs> into the trash can? Exactly. Um, my man, our uh, Nate Desmond, uh, tweet. Uh, rep- uh, he's watching. Shout out to him. He said his Mount Rushmore is Steph, MJ, LeBron, Shaq. I definitely think if you because again, I think Mount Rushmore is different than top four. I think uh, Steph would be on it if I had to do my Rushmore. But regardless, Steph so, did change the game. I did not yeah. include him. So he's definitely on there. That's the biggest like what if sliding doors moment thing. If they win this game and Duncan then goes six and oh in the in let's in change it from scheme. let's change it from Mount Rushmore to the guys we no doubt say are the greatest players ever. In the in the modern era, it's LeBron, Kareem and Jordan. That's definitive, no doubters. If you do all time, you throw Bill Russell in there. If they win this game, Duncan has to be in it, right? He's got to be. Say that again. He's got to be. That's Timmy D we're talking about. Especially to have. I I know they never went back to back. You got to think of all the greats that you just mentioned and who they played with. They also play with some all-time greats. But, I mean, Timmy, Timmy D's best running mate. Was Tony Parker, and I know we've been gushing over him for the last hour and a half. He's great. Not a great game for him. Um, here's Nate. Nate has some more good ones here. He has uh, some other good uh, uh, Mount Rushmore's. He said Bill, Steph, Jordan, Kobe. On Danny's note, his era: Duncan, Jordan, LeBron, Shaq, or then Kobe or Steph. Like that's that's not bad. I think like I'm if I act, if I actually had to do a Mount Rushmore, because again, I don't think Mount Rushmore is a top. Is a top four ever? It's Jordan, uh, Jordan, LeBron, Steph, and then probably like Magic, right? But I think it would also have. I would cheat and I'd have five because I have to have Magic and Bird together. Ma- Magic and Bird are each half a face because they saved they saved the league together in the eighties. They did. Um, they fused. 
And yeah, so Duncan, the the what if scenarios if they win this game, Duncan's legacy. It's not totally different, but to have to this, I don't know, man. It's pretty totally different because he's not five right. and one. He's six and zero. Oh. And and uh, fix this again. Um, and then the fact that they, I guess I just said, you know, they never won back to back. I still think they would win in 14. I don't think this this result, maybe it would have changed the heat and they wouldn't have tinkered with the roster as much. But again, in 14, Wade started really falling off. Uh, Bosch was okay. Like Rashard Lewis played big minutes for that team. They just weren't as good. And they found a way to get there. The Spurs, I think, would have won the 2014 title no matter what. So that, that like capping his final chapters, back-to-back titles, in game six, he's this good, like, yeah, the, the 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 legacy of who the five or six greatest players of all time are. If the Spurs win this game, is different be- because of Duncan, and especially because of how fucking awesome he was in this game. And the, that first half was memorable, like tear in your eye, watershed stuff. Like, oh my god, this guy is going off. Uh, next category, I love this one. Anything last to add before we move on on that? No, man, get to it. Uh, next category, uh, the Keegan Winskunis Alec Austin Award for best. best I figured best, that's what was best next. bench category. I finally found out who the dude in the spur in the for the Spurs was with the suit, waving the fucking huge ass towel. Uh, Patty Mills, really? Yeah, almost no. unrecognizable. I would have never guessed that was him. When I find, I'm a big Patty Mills guy. Um. You got him. You got T Mac on the bench getting lit. Dewan Blair. Yeah, I was gonna say Dewan Blair without his kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, He's out there getting wild. They're on hype. Uh, and then, uh, of course, jo- uh, future Michigan Wolverines head coach Jawan Howard. Remember the joke everyone made? Jawan Howard just leading the league in high fives off the bench. That mm-hmm. was a good one. Uh, oh, now, now he leads college basketball in post game handshake punches. If Tanner's watching, he'd like that joke. Uh, uh, and then shout out Nate for being a good fan. I appreciate you, man. No, nah, bro. Nate holds it down, man. Nate loves this shit. Uh, and then, oh, we got another comment over here in this one. Let me read it. It's from Ryan. He just said LeBron crying face. Well, if Ryan, if you're still watching, I want to know what you mean by that. Ryan who? No, no, it's just Ryan. It's just Ryan. Just saying LeBron, probably by mentioning LeBron and the goats talk because people don't like him. People don't like Labubi. How can you not like Labubi? Well, people hate that dude. That's foreshadowing, but people hate him. Uh oh, and then if you go back we and need to get Buck on screen. If you go back and watch LeBron or the game tying three in OT or in regulation, Norris Cole is literally are you paying attention to me? <laughs> I am. He's talking about Norris Cole is literally <laughs> Norris Cole is literally jumping like crazy. On the LeBron three, he's jumping. He misses. He stops. Bosch gets the board. Literally, when Allen shoots it, he's jumping. As he comes down and hits the ground, the ball goes in, and he fucking skyrockets back up and just going nuts. So, yeah, those are my candidates for uh, Keegan Winskunis Alec Austin Award for Best Bench Chemistry. It's either Norris Cole or Patty Mills. Our awards are better than yours. Who who, 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 who wins that one? Probably UD. Udonis has <laughs> Shout out to UD. He started five games in this series, by the way. Shout out to that man. Um, uh, I think it's Pat Mills, man. Because A, that towel is massive. 
Yeah. And B, you just notice it every Size time. Matters. Every time they do something big, you just see that thing fucking waving like the green flag at the Indy 500. He's the perfect spot in the corner too. He's literally <laughs> corner pocket. <laughs> exactly. And when I finally found out it was Patrick Patty Mills, I was like, "Let's go." Uh, half baked, big picture take. I'm gonna say it. If Duncan stays in, they win. They yeah. get one, they get one of those rebounds. I feel like that's gonna fit into <laughs> another category. You think so? Hottest Maybe. take? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, but it's hard to argue with you. Because they did give up one offensive rebound that cost them an NBA title. Uh, my other half-baked. This is the this is a legendary half-baked big tick picture tape. Kevin Wilds will be proud of me. Miami, Miami helped LeBron win learn how to win. Let me rephrase that. Miami helped LeBron learn how to win. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, without a doubt. It made him the, it also he had to go team up with D Wade. It also helped him embrace being the bad guy. Yeah. Which in Cleveland, he played the perfect role of tweener. I'm I can be the baby face on one night and you all love me. I can be the villainous heel. I don't know, man. He was pretty loved in Cleveland. I don't think he was the villainous heel. Well, just think in 2016, he had in 2016, he had the villainous role because everybody loved the Warriors. Though in the finals, people started to turn on them because remember the Aisha Curry tweet talking about how it was it was rigged for money. <laughs> that was hilarious. Whoa, time out. When, what? St- when Steph fouled out in game six, she was tweeting about this shit's rigged, basically. Uh, and it was hilarious. So people started to hate the Currys. And then uh, LeBron, you remember in game six, he blocked Steph and gave him the side eye. The bombastic side I was just talking shit to him, which he had to oh, be. Like he had to have, yeah, he had to have that aura about him. So he, LeBron knew perfectly. Miami helps him for a for learning how to be the bad guy, learning how to win, um, learning how to just play his aura. Um, and I think that culture too, Danny, being with Pat, being with Zoe, being with UD, being with Spolster, being with Wade and Bosch. I think that helped him in his career to adapt. It obviously understood of what made his game great when he goes back to Cleveland. And it also, uh, you know, it also helped him understand of what type of player works because he tried the athletic wing duo punch. Right. Didn't work. Clunky. It worked. Obviously, they were dominant. They had one of the greatest regular seasons of all time, but they just never... In the playoffs, it was never great. What do uh, you think? What do you do it? I only got one left, people. That's fine. But Might as well try. Uh, Nate said uh, the Cleveland run makes LeBron's legacy. Obviously, that punctuates. That's it. my favorite LeBron. The the three one gotta come, be the three one comeback where LeBron in game five, six, and seven is arguably, and I don't even think it's arguable. It's the greatest three game stretch of basketball anyone's ever played. Um. That's some that is the uh nice. That's the uh <laughs> that's the um that's like on the ape that's like on the marquee yeah for his moment. One his of the best moment. finals of all time. Yeah. So yeah, those that's my do you like those? You like those two half baked takes? Yeah, man. Okay. I love being half baked, fully baked. Eerie whatever e- temperature you're gonna cook me at, you know. Eerie eras. This is like Freaky Friday, putting a guy from this game and put him in putting him in a different era. Yeah. Boris Diaw, run away 
unanimous winner. He's, Boris Diaw now. Put your thing again. Boris Diaw now is all NBA worthy. I don't know about that. I mean, if Draymond Green is. So you're so like LeBron or Draymond had one peak, peak, peak year, and that was the 73 win year. Right. Where he was amazing. You could like look at make an all NBA team. I don't know, but he was pretty damn close. So yeah, like his peak, like is that you're right. Draymond, you said it. Boris walked so Draymond could fucking cross country jet ski. That's why I walk. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, Boris Diaw. This is a legendary Boris Diaw. Uh, we're Boris. This is a we're a Boris Diaw podcast, people. That's what we are. Um, no others. We're the only exactly. Boris we, we got that market cornered. <laughs> uh, no other eerie eras. I couldn't think of anything else. Other than because this, I don't want that to be like the obviouses. Obviously, Duncan in this era. I was. You say could Duncan. say Parker, maybe, because he's not one of the like fifty greatest players ever. Duncan in this era would be a less athletic job Morant. Just be able to how, how he's going to be able to create so many shots for his teammates. You mean you mean Parker? Yeah, Parker. Okay, my bad. That's a that's an interesting. Because you'd have so much room around him. Because he'd have so many shooters around him. You'd have Timmy D down low, getting all the rebounds and everything for him. It would be it'd be a match made in heaven because he'd have so much space. I got I got you. All right, go for it. The extreme apex all time top shelf version of what Tyus Jones is right now. Yeah, there you go. Best assist to turnover ratio in the league. Who but he's currently right now backup. He probably could be a starting point guard. Oh, absolutely. On on, on a lot of teams. He's just not the the he's just never gonna be the guy. He's behind jaw. I mean, what do you um, want him to do? He's perfect for Memphis. But Tony Parker is that, but to the nth degree. So much better because he scores better. He assists people. He was a scoring machine. Exactly. Uh, Ken Jacoby Broadcast School Award for, uh, you know, any good or bad moments in the broadcast. I thought the I thought everything was really good with the announced team. I think JVG, Breen, and uh, Jackson all together is A tier. Um. That that's like the best best version of all this because I think, but there are times too when Mark like Mark with those two it's a little too much, you know. I thought Breen and Van Gundy here were perfect at bouncing off each other. Um, but we don't get that anymore with uh, big games I remember and basketball. Watching it with you the other day when what day we watch it on Tuesday? Watch it Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday. I was like, where's Mark Jack? Yeah, you're like in Golden State, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I thought the uh, announced team was excellent. Um, Apex Mountain, Mario Chalmers, right? One of the best point guards for that team because he didn't need the ball. <laughs> yeah, He'd that's rather true. just hang out at the three point line, get passes from D Wade and LeBron, double teams from Chris Bosh, and was a plus. He was just there out there to make hit shots, and was a plus defender. He's a plus defender. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Chris Bosh, Apex Mountain? Out of everybody? No, no. The, this is so these last couple categories aren't going to be winners, aren't going to have winners. These are just who I think. I guess what do you mean by Apex? It, it kind of defines itself, but the peak of their moment. So, like LeBron, this clearly is an Apex Mountain for LeBron. Clearly not Apex Mountain for Wade or okay. Parker or Duncan. It's, it's whatever. It's the, it's the, Reverse of Apex Mountain for Ginobili, shit mountain, uh-huh. shit trough, shit creek. If we had that award, it would be for Ginobili. Um, Chris Bosch, Apex Mountain. 
Finally, yeah, yeah. I mean, he made the finals in four straight years. Uh, I mean, this is one of those most. Mon- he did get the rebound. Yeah, exactly. Under all-time underrated role player, Chris Bosh. I don't know if you can call him a role player, though. Way overqualified. Way overqualified. Way overqualified. If anybody, I thought you were going to say Shane Battier. You could say Game 7 is his apex mountain because that guy balled. He went 6 of 8 from 3. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, that's his apex mountain. Good call. Good call, Danny. That's what I'm here for. Apex mountain. Mike Breen bang calls? Oh, absolutely. Top four is this easily? Is this the goat? Is this his? Is this his? Mount- this might be that. Now, this- now here's the thing: you said top four. Apex Mountain is not the same as Mount Rushmore. Apex Mountain is the cream of your crop. So, is this his best? What What's in the ring with him? <sighs> the one when Steph pulled up against OKC. <laughs> yep, that's From one of thirty-five. Trying to think of another. Um, those are like the two easiest because he doesn't. Um, all-time Mike Green call. If you want to actually put him in the clubhouse just in general and open the floor up a bit, well, the blocked by James in the, in the Cavs Warrior series, that is classic. Right. Uh, um, other than that, Mike Breen calls, man, trying to think of some of the like legendary, legendary ones in the biggest games. I'm sure, I'm sure if I went back and watched, he probably had some good ones when Steph was losing his mind last year in the finals but those are the three that easily come to the top of my mind the Steph shot with the Allen shot and LeBron's block um so those are like some of the best Rose's dunk or Rose's banked in three was a pretty solid one um, oh yeah that was a bank call that was but then so uh and then lastly just big game NBA calls in general there's not um you know, when you think of some of the biggest shots, you have this one. You have no, I don't remember what the calls were for like Paxson shot and uh um what was the other one? Kerr. Kerr shot. Those were done by Harlan. Bob an underrated one, and people don't like it because people don't like Bob Costas because he's not really a play by play guy. Right. But Bob Costas doing the finals, um, the last LeBron or not LeBron Jesus, the last Jordan year, Bob Costas is great because he can paint the picture of the entire history of it. And when, when he hits the, when Jordan hits the shot and Costas then goes into saying, could that be the final shot that he takes as a Chicago bull? That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Uh, but yeah, I think this could be apex mountain for best. Cause uh, you know, that shot just, and the pearl, the pearl of the him hitting the shot through Show the Show me the apex. Right here, boy. Right there. Right there. Don't ever forget. Hottest retroactive take. <laughs> they should have shot more twos. No. We were too hard on LeBron. Who was? Not maybe we as us. The general media. 2011 happened. Everyone has a bad series. But when I go through all these games and how many games he led them in scoring... Why were people crucifying this guy the way they were? Now, listen, I kind of understood it. He had the highest expectations of all time, and that's what he had as soon as he went in the league, right out of high school. And exceeded them. Yes, by far. He's the greatest player ever, in my opinion. At worst, he's one of the three best. I'm going to argue against you. He's at worst one of the three best players ever. That's fine. Yeah. 
Definitely. I can live with people saying that because I know not everybody thinks he's the GOAT. I think he's the GOAT. Not. I mean, I thought he was at one time, and I did more research. And looking at Jordan, and he's got like 11 scoring titles, and LeBron's got one. He's got more all-NBA defensive teams mm-hmm. as LeBron. He's got more MVPs as LeBron. Y'all do – or uh, Nate said, are we doing a draft pod at all? Uh, for what? Next Thursday is the NBA draft. Oh, for that draft. Okay. I have an idea for that. Um, We do – You want to lock arms? We do like uh, live in the basement. We can do it live on like live reacts. Um, sit on you the would couch. know way more people than I would. <laughs> That's fine. But if we get some bet, we get some killer ass trades, hopefully that make it worth it. I think there's going to be trades. Do you think the Trailblazers are going to stay at number three? <sighs> I think that would be very telling about their future. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure what to expect yet. I just know. So, if Nate, I- if you're back on, there's a good chance we're doing a draft pod. Nate, if I finish this Monaco and I'm still on here, I'm the goat. I just want you to know. <laughs> we we've gone, yeah, progressively <laughs> drunk, Danny. Um, so yeah, we were two hours on other hottest retroactive tape. Uh, as much as we talked about how great this team was and how much I love them, this game and this playoffs as a whole it validates the move back to Cleveland. In the moment, I'm a dumbass. I don't understand it. I hate it. I'm a little jolly Miami guy. Like, look at LeBron. Look how fun this team is that I like. Wade was my favorite player ever. Why would you leave? If I was as old, if I knew then what I know now, totally get it. It validate, like, these games validate him going back to Cleveland because this Miami team, it was was what it was. It was fantastic for him. It was everything he needed, but it was, it was the pinnacle like from it was just short-lived it doesn't have much rope and i think this move this game if you watch these games in its entirety like we did this one the the style and the the way the game is played how validates his move to cleveland wouldn't you agree absolutely (laughs) best unintentional comedy moment Oh, man. Mike Miller's one shoe, three. That was pretty good. And JVG going, shoes are overrated. Right. <laughs> uh, that's all I actually got in this one. That's all you need. This was very serious. That is the moment. Maybe you could say best, un- literally the definition of best unintentional comedy, uh, Ginobili's turnovers. Because he had eight. And they were the ones down the stretch were worse and worse and more funny. It was more like why. He, he played about as drunk as you are right now. Imagine you going out and playing a game. Bro, I'm shooting hella good from three. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I'm wide open. I can feel it. Unanswerable question. Why did Duncan get subbed out? Why? It's the it's the ultimate unanswerable question. There's no answer. Right? He got subbed out because Pop took him out. That's that, the only reason that's, why. That's why it's unanswerable. You could also say unanswerable question. What if they would have won? Where would Duncan be? You could put that in the, this and what if kind of string together. But uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my biggest unanswerable question. And then the last one: Who won the game? I think LeBron. I think yeah. when you actually break, you could also say like Ray Allen, biggest shot technique at the time. He's biggest LeBron's shot in NBA legacy, history because without LeBron winning the series, bro, that's really big mark on his legacy. But what they do, what LeBron does in this game in the fourth quarter down the stretch, 
and it OT. And then what he did in game seven, what do I got here? 37 and 12 on 12 to 23 shooting, five of 10 from three. One of the greatest game seven performers ever. Like LeBron wins the game. Um, Wade also had a pretty good game. We talked about Batty. Duncan had 24, 12, and four in, in, with four steals in game uh, in game seven. Kawhi had 19 and 16. Not a great Parker game. Uh, Green, though, shot one of 12. That'll do it. Um, I remember that. Yeah. So would you would you say Danny that? Danny G just broke a bad shot after bad shot. As Dan Lebertard said, Danny Green thought it was a best of five. Right. Give it to me again. I thought we did good. We did good. Uh, okay. Uh, Don't flinch. Let me find your nipple. No. The next. The next. <laughs> Let one, me find it. We're on the air, bro. <laughs> okay. The next. Uh, the next one we do. I got a list of games that I want us to do, but uh. You got that triple coverage nipple. Let me see here. Rewatchable. No, those are the categories. Ideas. So here's the list okay. of ideas. Where would you like us to go? I'm letting you pick. Unless you can think of something different than this. I really want that Raptors Warriors game six. That's a legendary game. I know, but I don't know if I want that to be the next one. I know. I think that one should be. That should be later down the road. Yeah. Uh, I want to do one of the, the older ones next. Lakers Blazers game seven. That's where Kobe throws the lob to Shaq. That that's fun. I went back and watched the condensed games of that series, and then I watched the I watched the condensed game seven. Obviously, we will watch the full game seven. It's a fun series. Yeah, it's fun. I think one of the next one we're gonna do is either gonna be Lakers Blazers from two thousand game seven, or uh, the Kings Lakers Western Finals from 02. I'm so dark. So those are going to be the next ones we do of these. Might be, uh, but this was this is obviously our guinea pig. So we knew this one was going to be long and kind of all over the place. But I thought we did well. We did. Um, it's that time. It is that time. Send him home, big boy. Good job, bro. Stay hydrated, people. Tell them. What do you feed your pets? Feed your pets. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, Educate ignorance podcast. If you ain't got your game, you best pass the sticks. We'll see. Uh. I don't know when we'll – I don't know if I'll be back before the draft, but um, maybe next Friday we're doing the next rewatchable. We'll see. It's going to be an ongoing theme. Yeah, I like it. That's our, fine. I like it. It's our thing. And you if might it's have not to ne- buy me more Monaco's, but hey. You call them actually what they are. I know, because the people don't know. They're <laughs> actually Monaco's people. Uh, that they are. I like that this is just a thing where we can get casually buzzed. I only had two, but next time I'll probably drink more. Um, just to see hey, how far off remember that. Yeah. Put that down. Um, so, yeah. We'll, worst case, we're going to be back on Thursday. I'll be with this doofus for the draft. I think I want to do a live draft show. Okay. Unless we ha- unless I end up having plans. I'm not going to have anybody. I'm not going to know anybody after, like, the fifth, sixth pick. That's, That's fine. That's fine. I can have you just be the muse of life. <sighs> We won't do. We won't be more. We won't be much live past like the top ten. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, all right, that's it. Uh, thank you for watching and listening. The podcast form is going to go out tomorrow. Uh, we'll be out tomorrow morning. Um, again, if you ain't got your game, you best pass six. See you guys. Uh, for Danny, I'm Joe. Thank you for listening to our re- first rewind, um, and we'll see you guys next time. We're out. Peace. <laughs>